No. Quite frankly, you really hurt my feelings last week. I extended out my hand like a gentleman. And you really hurt my feelings, man. I mean, it was almost as bad as the time you quit, took your ball, and went home like a little bitch. And don't get it twisted. I respect you, man. I respect everything you've done. Hell, I even respect the fact that you're straight edge. Granted, never in my wildest dreams could I have possibly imagined a straight-edge man could look so much like a meth addict. You didn't want to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with me on the stick, punk? Well, too bad, because I'm about to verbally finish you quicker than your UFC career. I'm so disappointed in you. Look at me, Maxwell, I'm in your head. Probably has a lot to do with the fact that there's a poster of me on your wall. And you had seven days. You had a whole week to think of good zingers and you came out here with the lowest hanging fruit. He thinks he's somebody. He thinks what he does is revolutionary to the wrestling business when in reality, he's just a less famous Miz. CM Punk. This is PG Punk. What happened to the guy I grew up on, man? What happened to the renegade, the ass kicker, the outsider? Because you might as well be coming out here preaching hustle, loyalty, and respect. Whether it was the you can't see me man or the king of kings, you were never quite up to snuff, were you? And I can assure you now that you're standing in my ring, in my company, things will be no different because you may claim to be the best in the world, but I'm better than you. And you know it! But trust me, I'm not scared any longer. Certainly not scared of you. 
because the timing might not match up. But I was selling out Madison Square Garden when you were marking out for Rosie O'Donnell. And the last time on this show, you did a song and dance, you made the New York Times. Wow! You wanna sing me a song right now, Maxwell? Don't worry. You're standing in the ring with a professional and you're gonna make the New York Times again, but this time it's gonna be the obituaries. You're too busy talking about how you're the most powerful of the four pillars. You don't even realize you've been replaced by Britt Baker. The only way you're gonna be number one is if we all wait around long enough for Tony to have a daughter that you marry. That's some serious pro wrestling TV, let me tell you. You're not kidding, anybody surprised that he would roll under and leave? Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay! His mom is named Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my God, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick. <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War game! You're impressionist. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like, like a, a dog. dog. <laughs> oh! Oh! Oh, jinx! Holy shit! How did that actually happen? Here we go. You know, my pappy always used to say that there's no crying in wrestling. And if two youths get in the squared circle, they should fight it out like they're clubber lang and thunder lips. He who is face, even if he's just too old for this shit, must have no mercy. And the cowardly heel who lives to run away can run away another day. And if they don't know, don't show, work for the WWE, then they just don't know what's going on in the hood. I was born to lick your face and I'm ready to go. We're streaking! It is the season three finale Top of Wrestling podcast. Woo! That may be a movie quote that's never all been put together before. I am the professor, Mark Fantasia. You know that we always bring you some good wrestling, good flicks. We'll get into that a little bit later. But thank you so much for listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe, like, and share. And now when you do, if you tag us, don't forget next season, season four, the 100th episode giveaway. 
So make sure to share any episode, any post that we've done. As long as you tag us, you have been entered. 3,466 participants so far. I'm excited. This is awesome. (laughs) Uh, Last week, our movie of the week, you knew what it was about, you filthy animals. It was Home Alone 1 and 2. I'm pretty sure it was pretty plain as day by like the second or third quote. I love talking movies. I love talking wrestling. And I love chatting each and every Wednesday with our co-host, the Doc ODM. The greatest trick ODM ever pulled was convincing the IFW that the Kelly didn't exist. And like that, she's gone. Yo. (laughs) Hey. Hi, Kelly. Right after a week of probably one of the greatest back-to-back in-ring promos that we've seen, you come out with a mic drop about the Fantasy League. Yeah, people are a little sad. Collusion. Asterix. I don't like these words. You don't like it? You don't like it? Get better. what happens when you choose uh, the Miz and he goes off to Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> it is our season finale, and look, at we got a lot of shit on the way. So we have, we have your top topic, which we're talking about AEW's three years in the books. We're going to go over a lot of information on that with a top 25 AEW moments, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but we'll also be talking about our Monday Night Wars, as we always do. We're going to let you know what you can expect for Season 4. But first, we have to start with a little bit of news. And then, of course, our we all know the biggest news of the week. It happened a week ago, and we're going to get to it. Um, but I, I, I do have to say one thing that just kind of caught me... Uh, just laughing the other day is it said that Ric Flair said that when he dies, he doesn't want WWE to do a video package about him. He wants Tony Khan to do it. This is all in reference to that. Ric Flair has been removed from your opening intro package. He's they're just not saying his name and stuff. Look, man, you're still on the network uh, with all your matches and stuff. And he's saying he wants his old titles back. Uh, which is weird. I'm not sure who owns them. I mean, I think I'm, Triple H has one in his office, and I don't know. Weekly Cornet reference, they talked about it there because uh, they obviously are in that scene and they know all that shit. Uh, they yeah. remember they reference, I think Triple H has one. I forget who has the other one. So I think that um, it's funny that he's writing off WWE for writing him off. <laughs> it's like, well, then I'm not going to talk to you. Yeah, we already said we weren't going to talk to you. Yeah, it's that's fine if you want to agree. You know what I mean? But yeah, you're fired. No, I quit. And and this obviously is all in uh reference to the dark side of the ring plane ride from hell episode that appeared or that premiered just I think earlier or late this summer. Look, I don't want to be a dick. I'm just going to touch on this real quick. Hey, no pun intended. God damn. 
<laughs> Yikes. Uh, no. Um, I'll, I'll just, uh, <laughs> and I said touch on this real Maybe we should move on. I'm not ready for this this segment this week. No. Um, I, look at man, you you do the crime, you do the time. I hate to say it just so, you know, cliche or whatever it is. Look, man, people told a story about you. Multiple, multiple people are like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what he was doing. And I felt really bad for that that uh, stewardess or flight attendant. So, to be honest with you, man, you can't get mad at WWE for them doing them. But another thing, speaking of family drama, weirdly enough, Andrade unfollows uh, Charlotte on Twitter. Really? That's a weird thing. I I, I don't know why hmm. that's even a thing to even watch. There's, a, there's really not a whole lot going on in wrestling. Maybe it's because last Wednesday, Thanksgiving Eve, you know, to me, Thanksgiving Eve used to be one of my favorite times because it did mean... Survivor Series, and I'm talking about 89, 90, 91. Those ones were uh, on Thanksgiving Eve. Those are the ones I remember when I was a kid. And they're like, it's the Thanksgiving tradition. Then it became, it's in November. (laughs) (laughs) I swear, one of them was like November 9th. I was like, uh, thanks for taking that away from me. I'm like, I like the whole (laughs) night before, you know, and because everybody's going to be watching football the next day. So, Oh, speaking Holy of football, shit. I'm sorry not to cut you off, but speaking of, fo- of, uh, eh, of football, hit the music. The bills make me want to shout, kick your heels up and shout, throw your hands up and shout, throw your head back and shout. Come on now, the bills are making it happen now. Stand up now, come on and shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 Not to the Bills, but to that that uh, transition. Hey, you know what? It, it's, it, you boo me every now and then. I just finally got one in at you. Yeah, but that's I, right. I, Actually, you got one last week. But that's fine. Uh, hey, not let's not me. Forget yeah, about, that's true. Yeah, so. No, yeah. but let's not forget about uh, last week. My intro to the Monday Night Wars and then coming out of the Monday Night Wars set, or <laughs> opener. I was like, oh, my God. I, I you know, re-listen back and I go. Yeah, we should have started over. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, we're fine. It's good. Let's go. <laughs> um, no, man. Thanksgiving Eve used to be one of my favorite times for wrestling. And I was excited to see that Dynamite had, you know, a show, of course, at night. And and they even referenced it. JR said, what is an AEW tradition It's Thanksgiving Eve, Dynamite. And I was like, it is, because, you know, this is the second or third one now, right? Third, uh, yeah, this is the third Dynamite that has been on Thanksgiving Eve. I think that's just, yeah, at least we got some wrestling that night. Uh, You, that night, were at the uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I, myself, was kind of putting on a a clinic and, and putting a show on, but after... I finally get the chance to watch Dynamite, and I send you a text. I'm like, ah, uh, bro. So, 
you know, we laughed at, at some of the card last week. We're like, okay, Brian Daniels and Cole Cabana, that's cool. I, that, that'll be all right. Um, but then I was like, Punk versus Cutie Marshall. I'm like, where the fuck does this go? That's stupid. I'm like, especially after Punk walking out and stiffing MJF the week before. Or punking him out, as you said. Punk comes out, opens it up in Chicago, places erupting, and just when he's just standing on the apron, the music quickly changes to MJF. Okay, wasn't expecting this. It's way... All right, I have a debate about this in my head. Really, I I have like two sides arguing it and I'm not sure and I almost, I waited to bring it here today to even talk about it. You and I haven't said shit other than oh my god, I'm glad our season finale still hasn't happened. We have a chance to still talk about this. Yeah, right. Cuz well, we're going to talk about it later, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um but did you uh, let me ask you first. Did you think that Punk and MJF was going to be this early in Punk's tenure in AEW. I can't we both say, know that they're, they're best on the mic. Yeah, I mean, I can't say I had it singled out. It definitely was on the list of dream opponent, opponents, but you know, that's one of the things with Punk. It's like, okay, what does he do? Because there's so much he could do. I think we were all a little shocked that he started with Darby, but it worked. It was what it was. It was a mutual respect thing and they went the distance. They recreated the match between Hitman and uh, One Two Three Kids, so that was kind of cool. Um, I love that. Do you think like I don't know if you and I ever really, really touched base on that? We like, didn't. We, I know that we because it, it happened after and everything like that. But like, do you think Walt Moon was just sitting there going, "God, di- wait, I- <laughs> wait"? If he does that, oh my god! Like, I, there was a lot of things they did. Even like the quick little punk doing the same look. Like, oh shit, kids got it. Same yep. as you know as Brett does to uh, Tammy. It was just, I loved it, but. I personally didn't think that Punk and MJF would be meeting anytime soon. I, the only reason I say that is because I was like, all right, MJF cannot get into a feud that he's going to lose. But right now, Punk is undefeated, right? Now, his opponents, I think, have been semi-questionable until this fucking promo, to be honest with you. And we're going to get into that. Um, I wanted to ask you if you thought it was too early or if, or you just didn't have a real timeline, like you said. Yeah. Me, personally, I think it was, you know what? I didn't think it was the time, but if you guys think it's the time, for real, think about this. If Punk, of all people, thinks, yeah, it's the right time to pull the trigger on this, you know he wanted to do this the right way. The fact that I even caught it, I don't know if I ever said it to you. Maybe we didn't. When Punk was talking about all the people he wanted to face in AEW, I was like, how come he's not saying Maxwell's name? That seems odd to me. Maybe I only had it in my own head, but I was like, nah, I'm sure he meant to say it. But every press thing was that way. Has this been deliberate all along as we're finding out in the promo? I don't know. Um, I loved the strategic setup of this back and forth promo punk doesn't even have a mic in his hand he just sits in the corner chilling listening and mjf goes a couple of minutes 
And then finally, Punk gets his retort for a couple of minutes. And then MJF retorts for a couple of minutes. And then it closes with Punk for the couple of minutes with the final needle dick hit. (laughs) Um, I like that it was just that structured. It wasn't a stupid argument. Lots of questions. Things back and forth. You know what I mean? Like, it was... We're both going to have just two parts that we have to play in this each for a big four-part drama to set up this whole scenario. I don't care if they even lock horns, and I don't think they will, until it's not going to happen probably till at least Revolution. So do you have notes on the promo at all, or do you just want to fire off what you want to say? Because obviously there are some big points of it, but I want to hear what your thoughts are. I just wanted to start with my saying that the one, two, three, four, done. How it was. Just you know what I'm saying? Like how it was just they both had two role uh, two parts to play in that. It wasn't do you know do you understand what I'm saying about how many promos just go back forth, back forth, back forth too much? This was mm-hmm. I have a lot of shit to say. It was just well spoken, well not scripted, but well <laughs> set up, I think. Execution wise, you don't get any better than this, I don't think. ODM, take it away. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to pick a place to even start here. Um, That's my point. <laughs> I think, Mike, this this is the hottest thing in wrestling right now. This is this is the hottest thing. This has the most potential of anything going on in wrestling, probably all year. Let's be, let's be quite honest. Um, let's hope it's a slow burn. Let's not rush this. Let this take time. Let it marinate. Um, I don't think it's rushed. I think it's the perfect time. You're probably right. Punk probably purposely did it, and they probably discussed it and said, you know, we're not, I'm not purposely going to leave your name out, and we're going to come back to it. It's a callback. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason this was so good is because it wasn't scripted. In WWE, they script promos. They basically That's have. That's what I'm talking about. They have, it seems like it wasn't. It was just one man yelling and arguing at his point then a counter, and then the same, and then a counter, done. Like a real argument as opposed to, as opposed to you did this. Blah, 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 blah. It, fuck, that's everything WWE does, and it sucks. You have a writer trying to script a conflict. That's not real. Yeah. This was real. Yeah. This was real. MJF got the shaft on the handshake. Punk never mentioned him. There's your, there's your catalyst. And that lets MJF do his thing. And then, like you said, Punk retorts. Um, you know, some people say, oh, why you got to bring WWE into it? Uh, you can kiss my ass because I popped for every fucking thing that they said. It's Every it, second. Because, because they're not going out of their way to talk shit about WWE. They're talking about real things that Punk that was involved happened. with because he worked there. They're all and that- real things. And that is something that WWE has failed to capitalize on forever. My biggest one that I've always talked about is WrestleMania 27. All of a sudden, Triple H and Undertaker, it's their first time at WrestleMania. And they forgot legitimately a decade before that is when Triple H and Undertaker tore the house down uh, right before Austin and Rock. I mean... it's mind-boggling that they forget about that kind of stuff. It, they never call back. Like, yeah, another time, you know, call back. Like you saying, you, know, you just, it's smart wrestling. 
You need a story. Why do I want to beat you up? Because, well, you talked about my UFC uh, career lasting <laughs> only a couple of seconds. But you know what? If anybody, like, if you let the acclaimed do it, you just lost out on something. You let them have a cheap little pop, and we're all going to forget it. You let MJF be the first person to bring up your UFC career. No one ever needs to say it ever again. That's it. No one will ever do it, and I don't think it's ever needed. Um, Jesus. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've always thought it was weird that Punk is... I mean, some people are just... I, I This sounds weird. People, people are just formed the way they're formed. I always thought it was weird, the giant bags under that dude's eyes, and I'm like, and you're really straight edge? Like, nothing at all? <laughs> to call him a meth head? Jesus. Like... They came swinging hard. MJF came swinging hard. And then you got Punk with the retorting of my jealous fan and the poster on the wall. Then you have uh, less famous Miz. (laughs) No bullshit. Threw my arms in the air. Watched us absolutely alone. No one's in the room. And I go, Oh, to myself, and I go, no one's here. Okay. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> um, Like you said a minute ago, it, it, is it wrong to, say, to take the shots at WWE? Not shots, but bringing those things up. Mm-hmm. They didn't say anything about the competition. A, if anything, he just gave Miz a compliment, saying, hey, man. This is one of our hottest guys over here, and you're still better. Kind of gives him that in a small, minute way. But also, you're just saying and you failed against Triple H and John Cena. Those are real things. Uh-huh. So, if anything, they're not talking shit. They're bringing up real shit. Uh-huh. Thank you. And I love it. Why can't you bring it up? What? You, you, you can't work at one company, and then if you go to another company, you never worked anywhere else ever again. Exactly. Um, you, you know, one thing I will say is earlier today, just speaking of people working at a different company, I did see John Morrison's very long, help, uh, heartfelt video about being let go by WWE. And for someone I really would like to see in AEW, I'm sorry. I know we keep th- wanting guys in there. He's one I would think would be a perfect fit with every – Luchador, every fast-paced guy you got going. Morrison, I think, could be a good mind to work with. I'd, I'd like to see him in AEW, the more I think about it, just personally. And he could bring his wife that you have to put a bag on her head. Um, but back over to Punk and MJF. Um, what, was that too soon? No, it, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, sure. <laughs> no, sure. <laughs> that was one of the <laughs> Um a lot of great digs. You have the, the Cena one. Uh, what was the other? I can still great... see you. <laughs> that, oh my God. Punk, you know saying, Punk saying to him, he's like, the only way you're going to be popular is if you if Tony Khan has a daughter and you marry her. <laughs> now that Dude. was a shot at Triple H right there. Yep, that was uh, the return shot. The receipt. <laughs> I thought that one of my well, one of my favorite parts was um, him bringing up that the second city thing. One of my favorite things. Okay, yeah, you do uh, kind of like a rap battle, right? 
mm-hmm. or any kind of thing where you're facing off or you're talking shit on a promo, really. You got to take what someone has said to you and turn it around. Flip the script in a way. Do something that is in reference to that. Taking the whole, you've never been anything better than second best. In the second city, you know, he is the second city savior in Chicago. What better place to do that? Um, MJF, probably one of my best, uh, my favorite moments of him ever on the, the mic. It's funny. Every MJF moment is the best MJF moment. <laughs> Minus the no, di- dinner just... debonair. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. You made L.A. Times for singing. Do you want to <laughs> sing me a song? But now you're going to make it for the obituaries. That's the point. There was so much. Look, I don't know if they sat backstage how long they – I don't think they scripted it, but I think they were like, I'm going to hit they this, this, this. Line. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. But, God, to be a fly on a wall to watch the creative juices flowing for that one right there. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, oh, yeah. yeah, hit me with that. That's the shit. <laughs> I want to see MJF not be a dick and, like, backstage working with someone like that. You know what I mean? I'm like, I can only have ever see him just being a full dick. So I assume he's like that all the time. That's what I want to see. See, I like that, though. I like that because kayfabe's dead. It's been dead for a while, and there's too yeah. much behind-the-scenes shit. I don't so want, be a fucking I, dick all I don't, the time. Right. I don't want to hear fucking Eddie Kingston talking about how, you know, whoever he's feuding with is the greatest wrestler or he loves him. Like, no, I don't want to hear that. I want, I know it's fake. I know it's an illusion. I know, yeah. you know, but don't tip your hand too much. Speaking of Eddie Kingston, until I listened to Cornette Experience, I did not realize until the, listen to him, that. Every Eddie Kingston promo is being interrupted. He never gets to actually finish a full promo. And now, after watching that, last couple weeks, you see him go, oh, again, yep. oh, again. All right, he's and he goes, I'm going to catering. Next one, he's in catering trying to eat cake, and he's getting messed with and shit. I was like, okay, I kind of enjoy this because he doesn't have to fully cut a promo. Every time he goes to start one, he gets interrupted. I think it's a funny trend. Um, I, I will say that the... All right, so I'm going to skip just a half a hair ahead. I am in Florida right now. I'm a couple hours away from Orlando. And it's being rumored that on Sunday, March 6th, it's revolution in Orlando. We've already talked about it, the wife and I. If that is exactly where it's going to be, we're pulling the trigger, we're going. I may be getting to see Punk and MJF, man. I may lose my friggin' mind. That'd be insane. <laughs> yeah. So, just throwing that out there. Um, look at this promo was perfect back and forth. And I gotta be honest, my favorite thing that a heel can do, your word that I love that you use is powder. MJF goes, yeah? Oh, you wanna fight? After the needle dick comment. Starts taking things off and then... Bam! Quickly rolls out of the ring, grabs his shit, and gets out of there. And I go, this could go on for months, and it's going to be perfect. It you needs could, to. One can cost the other the match. That's all you need is just hit your music, call, you do that. Or, I swear to God, when Punk's music, because of last week, with their handshake and shit, when Punk's music hit about... I don't know, maybe about a quarter of me was like, oh, what if this is MJF coming out to punk the crowd because of uh, it's in Chicago? And he didn't. 
But you can do that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you He's get, done it before, This can yeah. go on for so long. I'm so excited. This, Like you said, it reignites wrestling, storytelling, storylines. It's not just we're battling oh, for the belt back, forth, back, and forth. Kind of like what Lucha Brothers and FTR are doing. Look, I'm, I'll easily admit when AEW is doing good shit and bad shit. Mm-hmm. I don't like seeing FTR and Luchas together. It's not a good mix. I, I think it's just two totally different styles. I would love to see FTR get the title so they can actually do real wrestling with tag teams and get back to that rather than the Lucha Libre shit. But the next part that's written here, oh, oh, I want you to talk about it. Oh, God. I haven't seen something like this in ages. So fucking great. Uh, basically, they're setting up the sting between the Gun Club and Darby and Sting. Uh, and Sting's out on the ramp, and, and the guns come at you, go after Sting, and fucking out of the tunnel like a cannon shot. We've talked about this, you know, the whole cannon shot thing. Is fucking Darby Allen, and he just throws this flying shoulder tackle. Dude, we've seen him do that where he launches himself out of the ring and into the barricade. This was insane. And it was, they the camera angle was perfect the way that they caught it. Because he just came flying like a bullet. So we have Billy and Colton. That's the gun Colton, club. Colton, yep, yep, yep. And then what's the other one? Junior, Junior? Billy Colton, Junior? I don't, uh, I, I don't know. All right, so Billy Colton, Junior is the one that ran out there. And, dude, like what you're saying is shooting out like a cannon. When he hits that barricade, the barricade doesn't have to feel anything. I want to know what Billy Colton Jr. felt because that looked like it hurt. There is no way he did the absolute perfect bump where he was like, I'm going to go down at the right time. It looked like he got knocked the fuck out. It was one of the hardest hits. I, Dude, I rewound that so many times. One thing I got to go back on, MJF and Punk. How many times have you watched that 18-minute promo? Uh, I mean, a few times I'll probably watch it when we're done with this. Uh, that's the thing you bring it up. It was 18 minutes. You got to figure that was on 18 minutes and it flew by. It flew. Oh by. my God. Did it ever. And you're like, Oh, it was 18 minutes. Well, I got time, man. We don't need the other matches tonight, but dude, I've watched that. No bullshit in full four times. It is absolutely just, I, I could, it's one of those things that when you see it so many times over and over, the pipe bomb is something I watched like four, five, six times when it happened back in 2011. He even calls out the pipe bomb. You know, I mean, Punk has always been known for pipe bombs, but he says, you're infamous pipe bomb, but that's pretty much all it goes, huh? I mean, it was just, dude, oh, my God, get take my money. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yep. I'm going to get a front row seat. Not really. <laughs> um, so, I, I did. you know, one thing to note is that at the end of the broadcast – uh, Jim Ross had said out loud, um, hope you guys have a, a, a great Thanksgiving and I'll see you guys down the road. And yep. I was like, weird. But then to come to find out, uh, not weird because I knew about the, the stuff, but he did treatment earlier in the day, show scars on his shoulder in like back area, and then goes, see all dynamite tonight. I think he was just like, uh, it's Chicago. I can't not be there for this. I'm not sure what it was, but... He pulled one more night in there. But he gave us one more for the road. One more Jim Ross slip. So, uh, 
Jamie Hayter lost to someone. Thunder Rosa. Thank you. And Jamie Hayter got mad because DMD and Rebel kind of cost her the match. And he goes, oh, she's kind of getting mad at Sasha Banks. And I go, holy shit. Oh, no, no, no. It was either Sasha Banks or Bianca Belair. No, he said Sasha Banks. Said Sasha Banks. Yeah, he goes, kind of getting mad at Sasha Banks. And then just stopped and I go, holy shit. Yep. Yikes. Yeah. Go back and find that. That was a good one. If you can find an unedited version, that's exactly what he said. And I was like, ah, oh, poor dude. But I was like, but I don't you know, I, I don't want to mock him. You know, here's the deal. He's still the legend. And, and the more I think about it, especially as you and I are going to get into our top topic today, AEW needed an old school wrestling voice that mm-hmm. drew you in. That's Southern style wrestling. Gives a fuck if he if he messes up. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have someone screaming in his ear twenty four seven like Michael Cole does with Vince McMahon. So you know what? I give him a pass. You're gonna mess up. Shit. How many times do we mess up on this on this show? So I mean, and he's older. But at least just don't call talent from the other company. I think that's just kind of <laughs> he did call it. Thanks for st- tuning in to WWE Dynamite the one that's night. And right. I was like, oh, bro, bro. <laughs> um, so what was the match? I, I I'm trying to remember. You said NXT alums close out the show for Dynamite. Yeah, it was like a weird eight man. It was the Lucha Brothers. It was Pac and I can't remember who the other person was. I think it oh, might have been you know Cody. what? You're right. Hang on. So it was Cody, Pac, and the uh, Lucha Brothers taking on FTR. And Malachi Black and Andrade. Oh, it really was an NXT show. Wow, holy shit! Minus and they Lucha won. Brothers. Yeah, and they won. So just think about that. Just think about that. You know, you had FTR who put on a bunch of great tag team matches. Went up to the main roster, buried. Uh, Andrade called up to the main roster, had a tag match with Angel Garza versus the Street Profits, twenty weeks in a row, buried. Malachi Black, they added squeaking to his fucking, you know, kick up, you know, I, I, just buried. He had his, he had good matches with Buddy Matthews. That was about it. He's one I'm waiting to to show up somewhere. He just had a match with Kazuchi Okada. I'm not sure if you caught that. That's kind of no, crazy. I didn't. He actually already he actually just had a match with Black too, on an yes, independent team somewhere. Yeah, the Wrestlecade, I believe it was. Yep. Um, actually, it was Matt Hardy versus Enzo. And Enzo had big cast with him, and Shannon Moore came to the aid of Matt Hardy. It was pretty cool. I liked it. Nice. Um, but you're right. It, it, it was showcasing all those guys. The only one thing I wish they did, since it was an eight-man tag, just a tiny little bitch slap to WWE's face, you should have made it an elimination. That's the only thing I would have uh, asked you for Thanksgiving Eve Thanksgiving, make that an elimination yeah. match. Yeah, I would have been fine with it. However, you had a lot of stuff on the show that you had to do. Plus, not to mention, uh, Brian Danielson kicked the fucking teeth out of Cole Cabana. Not even a, a phrase. He legitimately kicked teeth out of his mouth. Now, I've seen where some guys have, like, fake teeth and they pop them out and shit. I, this isn't, that's that's not this. This is a molar. And where he's being kicked 
he like on this cheek and how he if you watch back how he got hit oh yeah no, no, he he got kicked right in the mouth for some teeth to pop out and it was great danielson just holding him in his in his <laughs> hand <laughs> outstanding um it, Riho, I see, you know, did show up on Rampage, and now she's going to have a chance she to face Britt, Britt Baker. Baker. She beat Britt Baker. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. That's one of the best parts of the Punk MJF promo. You're talking about the four pillar, pillars. <laughs> you don't even realize you've been replaced by Britt Baker. Bro, another time my hands went up in the air, I go, he. oh, my God, someone yeah. really has been. Who is it? I'm going to probably say Sammy Guevara, but... Probably, yeah. That's not a bullshit, man. She really is. Like, dude, oh, my God. That's the second time Punk has, has mentioned her on live TV. And then there's video that post-Dynamite, he came out wearing her red jacket. Find that on, on YouTube. That's some fun. Yo, I love that he – she's getting so much. She's fantastic. Oh, my God. We've watched fantastic. it. We've documented it on this podcast, her ascension. Yep. So – I'm thinking perhaps at Revolution we're probably going to get Riho versus Britt Baker. Ugh. Maybe a two out of three falls match, which could not be bad, though, because Riho really is a decent wrestler. Britt Baker has gotten way better over the last couple of years, and especially doing her heel work. We may actually get a pretty decent match out of it. I'm, I'm going to give hope on that one, personally. But that looks like where they're going. Now you got Nissan Guevara. What happened? Uh, so Tony Nice was being interviewed by Shivani and, uh, you know, he's talking about, you know, uh, where he wants to set his sights. And he says that, uh, the TNT title would be a good place to start. And uh, basically Nice just calls out Guevara. Guevara comes out, accept, uh, yeah, accepts the challenge. So it uh, looks like we're going to be getting that match. I don't know if I want Nice to win that quick, but it's good exposure. Yeah. It's better well, than having Mary him... Jay Lethal on the first shot. They're That's gonna do it to what Tony I'm Nice. saying. That's what I'm saying. I didn't like that. But. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. Nice, uh, to me, it, again, it's a tough one having him take on people that are just debuting. I don't think it's a great look, but, yeah, whatever. You still don't see that he kind of looks like Wiesner? Tony Nice? Yeah. A little I bit. I think he does. A little bit. Um, well, let's talk about what we got going on tonight for Dynamite. We have an Atlanta street fight between Cody and Andrade Del Rio. Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho in the quarterfinals for the TBS tournament. Brian Danielson is continuing to not only kick the fucking heads in of all the Dark Order, but also kick their fucking teeth out. Up next is number five, Alan Angels. And that's the one that I believe that just had the match with uh, Kenny Omega just uh I think so, yeah. Yep. And then... I didn't realize this, but it's the battle of two undefeated teams. But it's like, really? You know, what has Darby and Sting done? But Darby and Sting are taking on the gun club. So, Darby and Sting should probably win that one. If gun club goes over, please don't tell me that we're going to get a Billy Gunn and Darby Allen feud coming up. Because <laughs> not sure I'm not sure I can really handle that. I, I'm about to tout the living shit out of you guys in the second half of this show today, so please don't do that. Uh, but, of course, Revolution 2022 is coming up. This is our last episode of the season, so a lot of matches are probably going to form throughout December. But Revolution is rumored to be in March. 
We'll be back in January, so we'll have time to talk about it. But for one last time in Season 3 as well as 2021, let's get the tables. Just bring it, bitch! It's been a great season, and we both had kind of the same ideas to what we wanted to do for our bring it to the table. A little different. Generally, we're not that uh, technologically savvy, I think, if you want to call it, when it comes to a weekly production thing. But give us some time, and we can do some fun shit. That being said, I, I, I see that you have a little medley as we'd like to call it for your bring it to the table and I have a medley of compilation myself so why don't you do me a favor talk about yours and, and what are we what are we about to understand that we're getting here uh, well you know this year we've been doing the theme of uh obviously good flicks and good wrestling uh, so as part of the good flicks we like to open with a quote and end with a quote um and part of the hilarity that ensues is not only the quotes themselves on the outro, but me attempting to mimic a wrestler while doing so. Sometimes it wasn't too bad. Sometimes it was an absolute shit show. Um, but just hearing certain wrestlers say certain quotes just led to gold. Uh, so I took oh some of. The, I, I, so we just put together a little best of, and uh, yeah. You're right because. I mean, I, I just, you know, not to spoil anything here, but you're right. Like, it, it led to comedy gold. I think nothing probably will ever be Ultimate Warrior. I think that was probably my favorite <laughs> one of the season. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess here we go. Take a listen. The Top of Wrestling presents At the Movies with ODM. Bruh, <laughs> you know how popular I am? I'm so popular. Bro, everybody loves me so much at this school. You sure are, pal. Okay, bro. Join us as we take a trip through cinema history, covering all the emotions of the silver screen, like shit-talking. Is he right? Because I know that's the popular version of what went on there, and a lot of people like to believe that. I wish I could, but I was there. I wasn't in a classroom hoping I was right thinking about it. I was up to my knees in rice patties with guns that didn't work. Going in there, looking for Charlie, slugging it out with him. While pussies like you were back here partying, putting headbands on, doing drugs, listening to the goddamn Beatle albums. Oh! Oh! You better pray to the god of skinny punks that this wind don't pick up, baby. Because I'll come over there and jam an oil right up your ass, baby. I bought a suit. You seen it. Now it's covered in mud. <laughs> this town doesn't have one hour cleaner, so I had to buy a new suit. Except the only store you can buy a new suit is got the flu. Got that? The whole store got the flu, so I had to get this in a second-hand store. So it's either wearing a leather jacket, which I know you hate, or this. So I wore this ridiculous thing for you, you Jezebel. I'm going to save your heads off with my dick! Yeah! And blood's going to come out of your head. There's nothing you can do about it because I'm a madman! Hey, yo. You that mankind? ain't shit. <laughs> you, just like your daddy, you <laughs> bullshit, <I'm> <laughs> and you never are going to amount to shit. All you do is eat, <laughs> sleep, and shit. And words of wisdom that still ring true today. 
Bro, your revolution is over, alright, Mr. Professor? Condolences! The bums lost! My advice? Do what your parents did. Get a job, sir! The bums will always lose. You hear me, Professor? The bums will always lose! I'm not Andrew Dice Clay. I'm Enzo O'Murray. Bro, Dusty's my mentor. It's easy to grin <laughs> when your ship comes in. Woohoo! And you've got the stock market beat. But the man worthwhile <laughs> is the man who can smile yeah. when his shorts are too tight in the seat. Woo! Was that during the dark side Yo, of the ring? Yo, they say all men are created equal, but I say stupid is as stupid does. Randy, <laughs> I'm sitting in the swing that you made for me, and I just want you to know you don't kill people you don't know. That's a rule. <laughs> and who doesn't enjoy a good love story? I was in the Virgin Islands once. <laughs> Met a girl. <laughs> we ate lobster. Drank pina coladas. Skull dust. <laughs> and at sunset, made love like oh sea God. otters. <laughs> 1993. <laughs> you know what? I am a man who will fight for your honor. I'll be the hero you're dreaming of. We'll live forever, new and together. Chicago and we did it all for the glory of law. Sometimes in the heat of passion, the little head tells the big head what to do. And the big head should think twice about what you're doing. God, I'm Irish. And we've even included adult content. Well, I guess I, I deep down, I'm feeling a little confused. I mean, suddenly, you get married, and you're supposed to be this entirely different guy. <laughs> I don't feel different. I mean, take Are yesterday, for example. Rope? You're out at Olive Garden <laughs> with Chavo for dinner, which was lovely. And I have to over at a certain point during the meal, and I see a waitress taking an order. And I found myself wondering, <laughs> what color my, her underpants might be? Her panties. Uh, odds are they're probably basic white cotton underpants. <laughs> what I do think, maybe they're silk panties. Maybe it's a thong. Maybe it's something really cool I don't even know about, you know? And, uh, yeah, I don't even know. What? Well, I, I thought we were in the tree trust in the nest, were we not? Let me tell you what like a virgin is about, okay? It's all about a girl who digs a guy with a Oh my god, Pulp Fiction. The entire song is No, 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 Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir. Like a virgin is not about a sensitive girl who meets a nice fella. No, no, no. That's what True Blue is about. No arguing about about that, okay? Let me tell you what you argument about that. It's all about this goose who's a regular fuck machine. Oh, yeah. I'm talking morning, dead night, and afternoon, okay? Dick, 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 dick. A lot, okay? And then one day, she missed this John Holmes motherfucker, okay? And it's like, <laughs> oh, baby! I mean, this kid is like Charles Brunson in The Greatest Game. He's digging tunnels! Now she's getting this serious digging tunnels! Okay? She's feeling something she ain't felt since. Did he ever really do this promo? Pain. I think he should have. Pain, okay? Pain! You know her pussy should be like bubblegum by now, okay? But when this kid. It hurts. It hurts like it did the first time. You see, and that pain is reminding the fuck machine of what it was once like to be a virgin. Hence, like a virgin. Oh yeah! The warrior says she made me want to go out and buy rubbers right now. <laughs>
You slammed her. You dunked her donut. <laughs> you gave her a dog a sausage. You stuffed her like a Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, well done. I am impressed. All right, man. First, your editing skills. Top notch. Love it. Everything was perfectly put together. I'm not going to lie. I didn't, you know, do something as... uh, I I didn't do pre-recorded intros (laughs) as you did. Um, Because it's hard to pre-record when people don't even know maybe what we're even talking about in like 95% of the context of what I'm about to talk about. Let me ask you all a question. When our episode is over, do you just kind of wait until Nightwing says, thank you guys so much for your continued support. Without you, we'd be nothing. Do you just stop right there? Because we took the root of the Dookie album from Green Day and... I think it didn't really start until about maybe episode five, six, seven, somewhere in there that we decided to start throwing in some hidden tracks. Who's listening? Who's really listening to everything that we are talking about? Um, and these hidden tracks are things that, you know, once we get going and we hit record, shit goes off the cuff, you know, before we officially go live. Then we take a, a a smoke break or a drink break or a piss break or a chicken nugget break. And and when we come back, we, we chit-chat before we're getting ready for things like Top Topic and Monday Night Wars. And it was just too easy to, to you know, not present you guys, you know, with some really some funny shit. I wouldn't even call them bloopers. I would say this is probably the best of season three just things that no one actually heard. So, uh, ODM, are you ready for my present to you for Christmas? I can't fucking wait. All right, man. Well, let's give it a play. We've done four already, but now we're steady. And then they went one, two, three, four. Did you happen to see Drave Maverick really had to pee on command? Did you ever read I that? I did. Article? I did, yes. Yes. How far would you go for your job? I don't know if it would be that far. That's for damn sure. You're so high you don't even know it. <laughs> uh, ahoy, my boy. You ready for a scotch ad? And he likes it to be strong style. <laughs> Just like my porns. Take a break. All right. Oh, yeah. Pisser time. Oh, yeah. Beef jerky time. Uh, I don't know what that means, but good luck. Benoit, enjoy my wife. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> Whatever, fuck off. <laughs> I think your dad and my dad should go bowling together. <laughs> you should get these nice cases. That boy has some nice cases. You can probably talk to him, find out where to get them from. I should go out and buy, like, as many of the kids' ones as possible. You know what I mean? Like, the toy ones. And get, like, a bullshit case and put them together. Oh, dude, that's awesome. You know you know what you can do to make it even better? Just get a bunch of, like, wire hangers and just hang them from those. <laughs> no, even better. Dude, put them in the closet and flip through them like they're shirts or something. I'm going to go uh, work the other half of those 
problem. Oh, okay. I got scared the way you paused after saying work the other half of them. Like, he's got a chub or something? Or This was such an exciting conversation that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to work on the timing, bro. I know. That's why I wasn't happy with it. Like, do you ever notice that white guys walk like this? <laughs> and black guys walk like this? Hey, what's up, brother? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I'm going to make them all by paper like I used to when I was a kid. Just make a bunch of fucking championships. <laughs> I'm not bullshitting you, man. I got stinking shit-faced on the drive back. Jackie left me, and that son of a bitch over there keeps telling me to do the podcast when he knows I'm shit-faced. Anybody throws me against the boards, I'm going to piss all over myself. And cough. And I mean... I'm just <laughs> and clap. <laughs> Jesus. Choking on your chicken nuggets over there, brother? Yeah, pretty much. Choking on the nuggies. Now, the top 50 big show turns as a top topic? (laughs) No, that requires way too much effort. Coming in at a tie, all number one. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, there you go. He's going to flower her in the top. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's delayed. Do a clap thing. Three, two, one. Wait, how'd that go? I'm not doing it again. <laughs> the fuck was that? I was like, uh, kids? No. <laughs> Requiem for a dream? No. <laughs> <laughs> ass to ass. <laughs> Speaking of piss, isn't it funny how people are like, oh my god, Kenny Omega, he wins every match. Oh my god, they push him so much. It's the same fans who were like, oh, Roman Reigns, oh my god, piss on my mouth, I love you. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna go. <laughs> Did you ever happen to see the time that Tiger posted like 15 pictures of her on that group oh yeah oh yeah i've seen Jesus it Jesus christ yeah, yeah tell I've me about it. it i've seen it yeah like that's that's why i chose biggie <laughs> we'll get there you gotta nail it well i, I always um, gotta nail it man that's the thing it's not the size that counts it's how you use it no, no. <laughs> a chastity belt that's going to chafe my willy <laughs> Three, two, oh, one. Oh, too late. Gotcha. Kfabenews.com. Trusted source for all your wrestling news. It's Kfabenews.com. I'm walking away, Jake. He goes, you're a dumbass. I go, I know. She's like, nah, she was talking to the dog. Oh, my God, that's funny, because the other day, Hillary goes, Ugh, stop licking your butt. And I go, I didn't know you could see me. I knew she was talking to the dog. <laughs> I was going to say, I figured you actually probably like the uh, volleyball scene. Probably look like Jim Duggan digging the tape out of his crotch. <laughs> I got to stretch my legs. All right, yeah. Sounds good. You know who can't stretch his legs? Little Chris. He's in a fucking wheelchair. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Now that's how you fucking transition. That's how you transition right there. You want to say something nice about the deceased? Well, how do you know he was nice? We don't know anything about him. The only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. <laughs> and I was like, that's flair! <laughs> I stutter clapped. I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot.
him post uh, cerebral palsy. You, you, didn't, you didn't see what I was doing? I was pinching the left side of my face. I was. It looked like you were holding a uh, like we so were doing bikes on the side. I'm only talking about the right side of my face. <laughs> you just did stroked out, Jr. <laughs> oh my god! That's Sometimes it's about the things that you didn't know that were going on. Oh. I think that that may all that stuff right there. I think could be just the sum of everything that was all of. Season four, all of the backs or season three, I mean, all the backstage shenanigans. Some of our funniest moments, man. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I I still haven't gotten around to making the uh, paper championship belts. <laughs> uh, but all right, man, we are going to be doing more. Bring it to the table next season. Also next season, you're going to hear from. Nightwing, the analyst, that's right, NWA will be back, as always, with his good shit of the week. And, uh, you know, since we're talking about things that will be returning next season, you can't start the beginning of the war and not finish the war. So, next season, we'll be bringing back the Monday Night Wars. And, hey, you know what? Let's go back to December 2nd, 1996. Marty! You've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. Well, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? Will we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! You want a war? You're going to get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. My God, the battle lines have been drawn! The Generation X invades WCW tonight! Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass! Have a nice day! We got you! I like my women like I like my basketball. One-on-one with as little little as dribbling as possible. Yeah. Boom! I'm not sh- <laughs> I was trying to remember quotes from this week, and that one kind of threw me off. All right. Well, here we go. Uh, it is our final Monday Night Wars of Season 3. Now, I'm going to let you know at the end of what the breakdown was for this week, what we plan to do, because I know that you come to us each and every week to listen about what happened 25 years ago on this week. But we're only going to take a small little break because let's be honest, generally the winters in wrestling when it comes to December, not very eventful. So I think we're going to be okay to to skip out December and we're going to be back in January. But ODM, tell me, what happened on December 2nd, 1996 for both Monday Night Raw and Monday Nitro? All right. Well, Raw is still kind of in the shitter, but uh, you'll see as we go through it. Uh, Open up with the newly arrived Flash Funk versus the Goon. Uh, HBK is teased. Flash (laughs) Funk, you are so funky. (laughs) The Funkettes. 
uh, <laughs> yeah, HBK's uh, in the WF studio. He's uh, going to issue an apology of some sort, according to uh, Vince. And then they say, uh, and we have a tribute to Tiny Tim, who just passed away. And uh, Lawler basically just starts cracking jokes about how he's glad that Tiny Tim is dead. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Fucking cringy. <laughs> I do remember they're showing back the thing with Lawler and Tiny Tim from like 94, 95, some shit like that from Raw, where he goes, you're not the Burger King, you're the Dairy Queen, <laughs> or something like that. And Lawler throws a fit. And so Lawler keeping in full Lawler fashion, yeah, straight heel. I mean, even when Kaufman died, he gave some heart. I mean, Jesus, you did <laughs> right. not a little heart for Tiny Tim. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it was something else. Uh, Funk, uh, Flash Funk wins with a, a moonsault leg drop. It was interesting. Uh, he definitely connected better than he did on Heroes of Wrestling. Um, we, we, we get a <laughs> Captain Lou is the uh, commissioner of that place. Not sure. <laughs> That's if you know what that. I heard. Yeah, it's gonna be a huge promotion. To did come. you know big rival with Tony Khan? Did you know Yokozuna isn't actually Japanese? Did you know Jimmy Snuka killed a man? <laughs> uh, we get a we, facts. <laughs> Uh, they show some highlights of the show that they just had. They ran a few shows in London. Uh, Austin and Sid had a championship match, and that all schmazzed out. We'll get more into that later. Uh, next, we get Fake Diesel versus Phineas. Again, why are we still doing this? Uh, they do a promo for the Royal Rumble. It's two guys uh, sitting in an empty arena saying, oh, they want to get there early. Okay. So I do want to say those guys that they show in the promo, they've been used in the – I remember them being used in 94, 95, 96, 97, mm. around that, that time for a lot of the promos. I do want to step back um, to say, why are they still doing this? Look, it, it didn't get over in the first couple of weeks. And it's not like people are like, aha, I get it. Hey, so we shouldn't care about Kevin Nash and Scott Hall over there because this is the real Diesel and the real Razor Ramon. No one is giving a shit. How did you not see the writing on the wall? Is one writer in there? I mean, I guess it's kind of like nowadays, but for real, like how how do they keep producing this? You had one hour of television. How are you fucking this up? Pretty much, but yet here we are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> here yeah, we, are. Uh, we get a recap of that Tiny Tim segment you were talking about uh, with Lawler from '93 breaks his ukulele, uh, and Tiny Tim does the fake crying. So that that Dick. was their uh, that was their tribute to Tiny Tim right there. Uh, fake Razor comes to ringside, causes a distraction. Fake Diesel barely got Phineas up for the power bomb. I thought he was going to drop him on his heed. It was scary, but yeah, <laughs> boy, heed <laughs> the pants new. No. <laughs> uh, so we we finally get the interview with HBK, and it's base. We've got a pot it put down. Sorry, it's one of my favorite lines. I love that we use I that. HBK is basically referencing uh, the interview when he was with Lothario last week. Uh, Vince McMahon was calling him defensive, and HBK apologizes for not being defensive enough. Uh, and he starts starting to lean into that DX character where we're headed because he says he's not politically correct. Uh, and he mentions how he's going to be uh, fighting in the Royal Rumble against Sid for the title, uh, which is going to be in his hometown of San Antonio. Did you, did you notice his hair was pretty, like, flowingly just beautiful in that it was rather beautiful it's yes kind of like he was using <laughs> just let your soul go yep 
Now that's a throwback. I had to punch myself in the nuts for that one. <laughs> Not, but yeah. All right, let's move on. You're gonna have to end the end of the episode on that. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just to stick with it, man. Um, yeah. So that's that. Uh, next, we get Double J, which is still throwing me off to hear that. Uh, it's Jesse James, obviously, versus Justin Hawk Bradshaw. Sing it. It's the last episode of the season. Sing it. Oh, Justin Hawk Bradshaw. I'm spending my days working hard on the go, but the season three is on the go. I can't wait to be alone with my baby tonight. There you go. Turn the lights off, close the door. ODM will be worried all night. You good? Hold me in your arms, never let me go. Baby, it's true, I got a one-track mind, because Nitro's coming up, we'll talk about Double J again, and I'll get to sing the song again. Wow. You you took it. I'll give you credit, man. You took it. You ran with it. (coughs) Hey, guess what? What's that? A, don't give me the layup to sing (laughs) one of the greatest country songs of all time by the greatest country singers of all time. A. Two. And B. And two. And D. God, we're on it. Nice, nice. We're getting a little things in here like that. So, you know, my favorite part of this match was uh, they did an ad for the Beavis and Butthead Do America movie. I thought that was fantastic. It was fantastic. That's a movie we should have done. Uh, oh my God! <laughs> There's some boys whacking in my camper. Damn it, Bobby! <laughs> uh, my, what, my, my, one of my other favorite parts of this match was Vince calling Zebekiah WWS version of Yosemite Sam. You, you got to give him credit. He had some good one-liners, you know. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait for Vince to be off. Uh, <laughs> commentary, yeah. The commentary yeah, soon. Absolutely. That's one of the things I'm looking forward to when it gets to uh, 97 for all of us. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Bradshaw wins. Hooray. Uh, we have our Karate Fighters Holiday Tournament. It's supposed to be Sid and Perfect, but Sid won the title and he does what he wants, and Perfect won't show up because he lost to Triple H. So now it's Lawler versus Pettengale. And Lawler wins. And it's going to be Sable versus Lawler in the finals. Check back next week to see who wins the tournament. Uh, next week at... Oh, <laughs> you guys want to check back for real? <laughs> Look for our episode. We're going to cover just that. We care that much about the Karate Fighters tournament. I've put it in every episode. You know, we got to talk about it. Uh, next, we basically get a recap of the shows they were running in London. Uh, Austin faced Sid for the title. Bulldog came in post-match, and then the next night it was Sid versus Bulldog, and Brett made the save, uh, jumped by Austin, and chokes. uh, Brett was jumped by Austin, then chokeslammed by Sid, uh, and we get a promo for everybody. Uh, Owen and Bulldog, you know, Bulldog's starting to cut a promo on Austin, and Owen's telling him, hey, forget about Austin, man. We're going to defend the tag titles. Focus on that. And then, you know, at the end he's like, I'll see you later, Austin, and Owen again goes, no, man, forget about him. So see where that goes. Uh, and then our main event, uh, Jake Roberts and Mark Marrow uh, versus Billy Gunn and Triple H. Uh, King, still with the alcoholic jokes. Uh, and we get some a peek into next week. We're going to have a no-holds-barred match, uh, Taker and Mankind. And then uh, we get a backstage promo from Jesse James. He wants a handicap match with Bradshaw and Zebediah. So there's that. 
Uh, we get a little tease for In Your House. It's going to be Triple H versus Mark Merrill for the IC title. And we're going to get Owen and Bulldog versus the Fake Outsiders for the tag titles. Uh, and, uh, yeah, basically Triple H and, and Billy uh, squabble. Billy just powders. And Merrill hits the shooting star press for the win. And that's how Raw goes off the air. Not a whole lot going on on that show. Doing a little tease with Mark Marrow having his hair in a ponytail. They're like, what do you think if he had some short hair? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm not kidding. I think it's funny because, like, he has the exact same haircut in, like, one to maybe two full years from now, the exact same haircut. Like, it, it, it just not the ponytail that was there. And as I was seeing it, I was like, ah, he looks just like he does down the road here when uh, <laughs> Sable starts giving the uh, – the old V to Lesnar's D. That's, oh, yikes. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm only talking about historical facts. So we're not going to talk about the time that oh, Edge, God. Lita, and Matt Hardy had an issue? I really don't want to talk about that. No, I don't. <laughs> we should just have, like, a a soap opera uh, segment, oh. like... Scandalous love affairs in WWE. <laughs> right. Episode one be CM Punk. Every woman ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, we'll leave that one on the cutting room yeah. floor. All right. You ready for nitro? Okay. Ready for nitro? Nitro. nitro. Uh, opens up with the Steiner brothers interrupting Shivani and Zabisco's intro. Scott calling out Sting for attacking his brother. Rick, loud noises. Uh, we get a recap of that. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. He's not good. He's trying to yell out for Sting, and it's like a shit show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sting! <laughs> uh, and, then, and then Shivani. And Z- Did we do Police Academy at all? No. <laughs> don't need to. Well, that's who he is. It's Zed. <laughs> Zed. That's, that's who he is. He's Bobcat <laughs> Goldthwait. That's, that's what Rick Steiner is. From now on, it's... The Steiner brothers are Big Papa Pump, Scott 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 Steiner, and Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, we get Glacier versus Hard Body Harris to open up the show. Jesus, man, you can't, you know, how, how did they, you know, it must have been easy to sell tickets with the uh, opening up like that. Uh, guess who won? Yo, Hard Body Harris. I was like, who are they ribbing right now? And I'm oh. like trying to look at his face, and I was like, he really is a nobody. This is horrible. Yeah, well, we, we get there later, too. There's more of that to come. Uh, Renegade and Joe Gomez uh, versus the Amazing French Canadians, and the Canadians win clean. Uh, so there's that. Uh, next, we get Mean Gene with Arn Anderson. He's asking Arn about Piper. And uh, the first thing Arn says is that he beat Hogan two weeks in a row. Actually, Gene points that out. To, you know, they, kind of, they both kind of make that point, so that was interesting. Uh, and then Arn talks about how Flair told him the toughest fight he ever had was against Piper. Uh, which I thought was pretty cool. You know, it's a little thing, but it but it works. It goes a long way. The crowd was extremely obnoxious, though. It was hard to focus on the promo because the crowd was just chanting NWO really loud. Uh, it's kind of annoying, but uh, you know, a lot of NWO shirts, oh, yeah. signs. Ton. Now look at I've been at several shows, and when you're down front, sometimes. Um, an example. All right. 1994. I went to, it was in Rochester, New York at the War Memorial. And they did a, a show that was all 
not that night live televised, but they taped for Wrestling Challenge Superstars for like a month or two. And they did this for like, it was like 60 matches that night. And in between certain segments, they were like, here, here's a Doink the Clown mask. Got one of those. They were like handing things out or letting you guys know, hey, can you guys count to three? Because one, two, three kid is coming out. Let's see if you could put your hands up one, two, three. You know, they, they kind of throw out merchandise. Right. I'm not sure if WCW was doing that here. If they were throwing out the merchandise or people were, were really buying uh, gotcha. the NWO merchandise at that time. That's what I'm wondering because it was like the entire front row was nothing but NWO Pretty shirts. Much. But at the same point, maybe they weren't just pumping them out. And they, because I mean, let's be honest, come 97, 98, when like Austin shirts, they aren't handing shit out. They don't need to. Um, But I'm not sure if NWO is the same thing right now. Uh, But like I said, the entire first row, complete NWO gear. I I thought it was kind of just, just want to bring that up. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Certainly a possibility. Yeah. So, all right, so next we get Faces of Fear versus Scotty Riggs and Robert Gibson. That was an odd pairing. I, I don't know why. I don't know if uh, uh. if Ricky Morton was hurt or whatnot. But uh, let's see. Yeah, Faces of Fear win. Uh, and Riggs, <laughs> after they lose the match, Riggs comes in with a chair and gives Mang and Barbarian Hogan-style chair shots to the head. <laughs> like, You know who they gave that to? Riggs! <laughs> <laughs> I think it may be the first uh, time I've ever said is it? Wow. You think so? Wow, okay. I've never done that one. That's yours usually. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's all yours. Take it. Free. <clears throat> so so uh I I you know, I didn't do the math or look at the calendar from ninety six to see when this was, but uh Benoit and Sullivan and Kevin Sullivan uh, had a match on November twenty third. So sometime in between last Nitro and this Nitro is probably just a house show somewhere. Uh, and they did have it on. They made it look, the way it looked, it looked like a, ho- a house oh, yeah, show. Yeah. Because it had very little yep. lighting. And I was like, I myself go, wait, what did I miss? When did, when was this right. match? Hang on. And I was like, we don't have thunder. There's no way they put this on Saturday night. What What's going on? I think it was a house yeah. show. And uh, it was basically kind of a repeat of their last brawl. They ended up in the bathroom again, but this time Dungeon of Doom was waiting for him, and they beat up Benoit, brought him back to the ring, beat on him some more, and uh, a woman comes out, stands over her, and uh, she actually goes after Sullivan and Mang and Barbarian hold her back. And uh, it's funny because they're just shouting and Samoan at her. You know, you can't understand what the fuck they're saying, but it's fucking hilarious. Um, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, they, they, they were beating the shit out of each other, that's for sure. Uh, next we get Taskmaster versus Jobber. I wrote Jobber because even at one point, uh, they go, what's, the, what's this kid's name? And they're like, and Shivani goes, I don't even know. <laughs> uh, at one point, so Sullivan just dynamite drop in, Monty. <laughs> Those broadcasting—that's uh, the thing. That, that, that broadcasting school is really paying and, off. Oh my god, that's hysterical. Dude, and Sullivan beat the shit out of this kid. At one point, he took a full water yep. bottle that with the cap on and just chucked it at his head. <laughs> was fucked up. Um, and then after the match, he was in the ring with Sullivan, or uh, with Mean Gene, and in his promo, he said something about the equation adds to three. I basically think he was just talking about Benoit being in the picture now. It was a weird promo. It didn't go anywhere. Uh, <clears throat> next, we get a cruiserweight title match. It's Billy Kidman versus Dean Malenko. 
Uh, Malenko's going to face Ultimate Dragon at Starcade if he retains, uh, which he ultimately does. Uh, so there's that. Uh, next, we get Big Bubba versus the real Double J or the other Double J. I don't know, but it's it's just spending my days working hard on the go. What's a widget? <laughs> What's a widget? It's a fictional product. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> tell that to the. Hey, you picked that tell, up really. Tell quick. that to that the was bank. Phenomenal. It's <laughs> yeah, a great movie. Um. Yo, I gotta throw this in here. This has absolutely nothing to do with my I'm sure it wars, doesn't. But while my travels have brought me from, you know, New York all the way down to Florida, I stopped at a truck stop one day and had to take a number two. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear deep, that. Deep thoughts here from Fantasia. So, sorry but, to hear that. Um, on the wall <laughs> had the exact date, saying. If you're here for a good time and want to pop this dude's cherry, call this number. And it was the exact date in November that I was there, 1 billion percent. And it had a time, but I was apparently 15 minutes late. Yo, it was extremely close to, like, dumb and dumber. I'm like, find a happy place. Find a happy place. I swear, dude, I was looking. I was like, I got to get out of this motherfucker quick. I don't know what's about to happen. So yeah, I just I, I didn't get to tell you that story recently. I thought I would save it for the show, and uh, hey, it worked out with Dumb and Dumber. All right, on with Monday Night Wars. We'll wow, speak you of just this again. You just completely <laughs> derailed this. <laughs> <laughs> what? You can't pick up with the next match after that story? I mean, one really follows the other. Uh, all right. Well, the Steiners are in the ring now. They're calling out Sting. Uh, they eventually spot him in the rafters. Uh, Rick says, come on down, face me tonight, one-on-one, and Sting just nods yes. Uh, I'm sorry, Rick? I'm sorry, wh- who was it? What was his name? Rick Steiner. Rick Steiner. Oh, we've already renamed it. Didn't, didn't we just rename him a minute ago? All right, never mind, you're already off. Oh, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next we get the NWO come out. It's Bischoff, Vincent, Hall, Nash, and Six. They head to the announce booth and all the announcers powder. Uh, Bischoff saying, I'm back, because uh, he hasn't been on commentary for a bit. Um, so they couldn't miss Sting being there. They're basically acting like he's with them in the NWO. Uh, Bischoff calls out Big Van Vader, and they show... Uh, ho- Yo, calls him... What Does he call him Fat Tubs or some uh, shit like I, that? I, think, or, I, I thought he said Van, just Big Van Vader is what he said. No, he said he called big him fat about, Vader or something. He said something about his weight. Yeah, he might have. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, yeah, they just show Hogan beating the shit out of him. Uh, they do a recap of Thug Life. They do a recap of Macho getting beaten down. I saw that. Yeah, I was like, why do you keep showing this? Poor fucking Nash. He's got to wake up sweating in the middle Thug of the life. night. Like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Um, yeah, so we get Bischoff, Hall, and Nash on commentary. Uh, Scott Hall is, like, breathing super heavy into the microphone. It was really just weird because he just be. It was just weird. You yep. catch it every once in a while. Um, so now when they're going to commercial breaks, they're actually playing the NWO theme song, uh, which was kind of cool. They're starting to take over a little bit. Uh, then we get Squire, Dave Taylor versus Eddie Guerrero, and Eddie wins with a quick frog splash. Nothing really big happening there. Uh, same with the next match, which is Arn Anderson versus Jim Powers, and Arn just hits a DDT for a quick win. Uh, next we get uh, a very odd part 
Uh, I have no idea what the hell happened here. Uh, it's Chris Benoit versus uh, Lord Steven Regal. This is a U.S. title tournament match. Uh, Regal gets busted open at one point, and NWO is basically putting everybody over. They're like, you know, uh, you know, Benoit. Oh yeah, we could use a Canadian guy in the NWO. You know, they're just putting over him. You know, Regal. Yeah, yeah, we could use a British dude. Um, but but you know, they did that with uh, when Dave Taylor was in that one. Yes, match. they did. He yeah, was like you know what, we 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 need a British guy <laughs> in our division. I was like, wow. And he goes, we could do it. Best off, we got the payroll, <laughs> right? Yeah, it, yeah, but, but that was kind of cool. Like as much as they're wrecking shop and talking shit on everybody, they're still putting some people over. That was kind of cool. Um, at one point, I got worried with Eddie because I was like, "Is this the vanilla midget part?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like I thought that's when they were going to bring that in. Yeah, no. Um, we're, we've been spared that for a while. Uh, at some point, true. At some point, the hard cam zooms out, and it stays like that for the rest of the match. And even Scott Hall goes. <laughs> even Scott Hall goes. What happened to our Zoom? Um, did, did the production like crew be like, "All right, we're gonna take a powder. <laughs> they can see everything going on in the place. We're fine. Let's go smoke." I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it, it was weird. Uh, and then Hall at the end of the match calls out the camera. He's like, "I'm gonna go see him real quick." Uh, Benoit takes the win. So there's that. Uh, so right after the match, I mean, Gene's already on the ramp with Arn, Deborah, and Mongo. Benoit joins. Um, Arn does a little very brief promo on Luger uh, and asks Benoit where woman is. Uh, Benoit says she's taking care of horseman business, and Arn says, well, if she, she, she would be here if she was taking care of horseman business. Uh, then Mongo gives Benoit advice. That's rich. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. I hated this promo. Please, can we skip it? Well, can we pretend like it didn't well, happen? God damn it, it happened. We have to talk about it, but fucking Deborah, God damn it, please don't talk about it. Please. I just, All right, I just, I just wrote, Deborah starts talking shit about woman and how she's always talking about how great and cute Benoit is and her perfume, and then she went on some rant about how she was like drama queen, prom queen, whore queen, uh, and the next note that I... <laughs> <laughs> the next note that I wrote was "Shut up, Deborah." I literally fast forwarded through this. Um, and yo, she seriously named every accolade you could get. I'm not saying I know what you would get or not get for like a woman's thing, but she was like, "I got Little Miss USA. I got this." <laughs> She's like, "Then I got Prom Queen. Then I got Miss uh, University. Of blah blah blah. Then I got Miss USA." Like she was going like in order, but through all the shit, and I go, "Holy shit!" We just gave her 48 seconds of bullshit. Yeah, I didn't, oh, my God. I, I never got to the end of it because I literally just skipped over it. So, yep, there was that. Oh, it was horrible. It was horrible. Not as horrible as the next match. Actually, it, it was worse than the next match. Uh, we had Rocco Rock versus Lex Luger. Guess who won? Uh, but Rocco Rock? <laughs> the best The best part. The, the, it was a great match. The line of the night, Kevin Nash says about uh, Lex Luger, to look that good should be criminal. I guess so. Main okay. event, we get uh, Rick Steiner with Scott. Uh, he's facing Sting. Sting comes through the crowd, no music. Uh, NWO is putting Sting over like he is part of the NWO. Uh, beginning of the match, Sting just turns his back, puts his arm out. Rick jumps him. Uh, Sting hits a quick death drop, and he gets the bat. Uh, Scott's in the ring tending to Rick. Sting uses the bash to put Scott out of the way. And he does the same thing he did with Luger. He did that very odd, sensual thing with the bat. And then just pushed him, Rick into the corner with it. Gives the bat to Rick. Turns his back, puts his arms out again. Uh, Rick looks like he's going to hit him with the bat, but Scott stops him. And then Sting just powders. 
he has the bat and he's walking towards the commentary booth and he stops. And Hall and Ash and Bischoff are like, yeah, you're our boy. Come on, man. Come on over here. Sting just points the bat at him. What I loved was the way that Hall, Nash, and Bischoff sold it. They sold it like, oh, yep. he's not with us. Fuck. Okay. And then Sting just went into the crowd and disappeared. And then that's how the show went off uh, Went off the air. I, I, again, I think that... Hall goes, but he is wearing our colors, yes. so he's like there. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it was great because the, the, the tone... And just the reaction changed when he pointed the bat at him. I just thought it was a, it was a good way. You know, the ending, you know, ultimately from a production standpoint and how they left us wasn't great, but that was a good moment. So, and that was Nitro. So y- you have to think that from right here, um, I mean, the way they keep bringing things together and, and they're slowly building towards stuff, you would have to think that you know, since Sting keeps taking this bat and he's slowly bringing it, you know, to someone's chest and eventually, you know, it, it's probably going to get pretty weird, right? No? Is that weird? No? Too far? It's, no, no, Too you're much? good. No, it's, it, it is weird, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you could still... Oh, well, hey, well, if that's the case, hey, ODM, quit playing with your dinghy! Boo. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for... Ranking order and final decisions are a completely bias-based order. Based off, the professor and ODM made it. And as always, they like to let you know they have not worked in the business, but have been lifelong invested fans much like you, our listeners. With not only their opinions involved, but with countless amount of hours of research done each week, they make sure to provide proper facts and history to back it up. However, they do know that your opinion may vary from theirs. If there is anything you want to chat about, bring to their attention. If there is something they missed or forgot, or you just want to let them know they are out of their freaking minds, feel free to shoot them a message on Facebook or Twitter, or email them at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. As always, they do appreciate all feedback and continued support. At the end of the day, they want to make sure that you do see the best of the best before you die. And now, this week's top topic. Hey, sometimes you try to volley and set your own spike down and you can't really nail it every time. I I can't help you there. I I thought I had a good shot right there with the Tommy Boy reference, but uh, whatever. Thanks for the boo, (laughs) ODM. But hey, you know what? You know who can't be booed? Hey, what culture wrestling? How about you get off our D? (laughs) ODM, do you remember the time that we did an episode about AEW so far. Yep. And then on the day we released our show, or that we uh, planned to record yeah, ours. Yep. Yeah. Yep, that's what it was, the day we planned to record ours. What culture does their version 
And I don't think it was Simon Miller, but it was one of the lads over there. And and they made their own version. Why? I'll tell you why. Because they are probably listening to our show. Maybe that was what we thought at that point. But just as I said, hey, man, we should close out season three of the Top of Wrestling podcast with AEW. I mean, it's three years in the books. It was in January of uh, three years ago that they officially said, hey, we are going to start a revolution. And just as we are about to record the show one day before, what culture you decide to put out the history of AEW in your own version. Why? I'll tell you why. Because ODM and The Professor are just that goddamn good. That being said, ODM, why don't you tell us a little bit about what is in store for today? Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, so what we did was it was uh, top 10 matches in AEW so far. And, uh, you know, it, it was what it was. Uh, it was still a young promotion at the time. There wasn't much of a history. Uh, and I thought we put together a really good list. We actually compared our list to their list. Their list was just criminal. It just made absolutely Why? Because no <laughs> they don't know. Sorry, I'm done. I'm Thank really you. hurting myself doing this. I have, like, welts on my arms right now from this. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, yeah. So, what we're doing is we're doing the top 25 AEW moments. So, these aren't all matches. Uh, and if, if you compare this list to our previous list, you'll see that some of the matches that I had ranked previously have, have kind of flip-flopped a little bit. So, uh, you know, it's just because you, you... The last one was a top 10, I believe, if yes. I'm, I'm yeah. not mistaken. It was, it was a short mm-hmm. list, but it was matches only yep. at that point. Correct. These are moments. And sometimes the moments are what make wrestling, right? The promos, the uh the debuts, the the things that get us excited about wrestling. It's not always just the matches themselves. Sometimes it's the build up. So um I'm excited about this list because this is the first time I've actually seen the list all together. Take it away. All right. So, uh, honorable mentions. I've actually have five of them listed. I'm just going to read them. Feel free to speak to any of them. Uh, I think we all know. Oh, what did about. you have a little bit of professor syndrome? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, all right. Here's the top 25 plus five <laughs> honorable mentions. Like I said, that's like. Everything I do. <laughs> I'm not going to even talk about these. Like I said, I'm going to throw them out there. You feel free to talk to them. Uh, but I'm just going to read them off real quick. Wait, can we talk about, hang on, just now seeing, uh, uh, just glancing at number, the very first one that you have on top. Can you make that one flip? Make that one the very last because I want to talk about that one. The last one that's on that list? The one that's on row number seven? The very first one that's on the list? Oh, you, make it be the last. Okay, all right. So we'll start at the bottom. All right, so uh, we got John Moxley versus Jericho for the AEW Championship. Uh, that was at Revolution. Uh, that was February of 2020. Uh, we have Hangman winning the title, which obviously just recently happened. Uh, I, what I wrote for this one was Malachi Black knocking Cody off the throne. Uh, basically, Malachi Black came in. He's a monster. Uh, great entrance. Great uh, persona. Uh, very over with the crowd so much so that Cody, who's supposed to be the throne breaker, uh, is getting booed out of arenas and having his weight belt thrown back at him from the crowd now. Um, so, oh, we didn't yeah. talk about yeah. that yet. Oh yeah. my God. So 
that is something you don't see all the time. No, it's it's a someone it's a Chicago thing. Getting a souvenir from a wrestler and being like, "Nope, take it back, Cody." Yep. Oh my god. Absolutely. Did you happen to see about the the second time that he threw it out? What happened with the belt? No. There's a video out there if you find it of two guys that are they got the belt and they're grabbing it at the same time. And they end up having to do a two out of three falls paper, rock, scissors contest. <laughs> and it was very legit. It was very cool. They were cool about it. It was awesome. Um, but the first person, crowd says, throw it back. And they threw it back right. Dude, it almost hit Aubrey Edwards. In yeah, the that was head. the not cool part about it. Yeah. That yeah, but well, don't throw a goddamn leather strap in the crowd if you don't want it being thrown back at you. Yeah, fair enough, Cody. Yeah, Cody. Uh, two more. I got. I got. Uh, Cody. Uh, best friends versus versus proud and powerful in the uh, parking lot match, uh, and then the last one, which you wanted me to read last, which was uh, Brody Lee squashing Cody. It was the first squash in AEW. I wanted to bring attention to that. I think that is amazing. There was not, I mean, okay, whether it was like, okay, squash like someone against Allen Angels, fine. But two big top guys, and it came in in like, what, four to six minutes that yeah, it was pretty quick. Brody Lee demolished Cody? It was, I'm so glad that this. it's at least a part of your list. I thought it would be higher, but... We'll see what else you got going on. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see. We'll start with number 25, naturally. Uh, this is a match that uh, it, it just it exceeded all of our expectations. Um, it was Orange Cassidy versus Pac that was on Revolution uh, February of 2020. Uh, again, nobody thought that this was a match we wanted to see. Um, and it, you know, it showed that Cassidy could actually go, you know, his comedy bullshit aside. Um, it was good. It was fun. And it sets up death triangle, uh, which ultimately has been kind of a letdown. Uh, part of that, you know, is just cause Pac couldn't be in the country, uh, with the pandemic, but, uh, ultimately it was a really solid match that over delivered. It's funny because I see it like, okay. And the same night is when Moxley wins the title. Yep. And it's like, I was okay. All right, you know, the notes that we didn't necessarily reference, but when Moxley wins the title, it's all about the the eye situation that they had going on and, and, the, uh, and he couldn't see, and all of a sudden he reveals he could see all along. Eh, all right, that was cool. I mean, if you didn't have the announcers, to, I just recently re- re-watched it. If you did not have the announcers say out loud, oh, my God, he fooled us all along. The crowd had to be like, uh, okay, so you can see now? That's fine. Well, I mean, you've been away for, like, it's fine. It was a weird thing. So I'm absolutely 100% on the same page as you. And I don't want to be because I don't like necessarily Orange Cassidy, but him versus Pac was the perfect. No, Pac is the only guy that could have sold that match the way he did. All the shenanigans, the rolling around. It was perfect. I loved it. Yeah, it was. It, that was a, a great moment. Yeah, again, it, it had no right being as good as it was. Uh, so, yeah, that's a win-win right there. 
<laughs> Number 24 uh, was the pandemic episode. Um, you know, it opens up with uh, the elite. Uh, it was Cody, Omega, and the Bucks, uh, basically kind of just addressing what was happening. Um, you know, and it, it was a little overproduced. It was a little uh, cheeky, but uh, or cheesy. But you know what? It's still. It was. You know, it was. It was a monumental night. Uh, oh yeah, but that that's because uh, Brody Lee and Matt Hardy both debuted that night, uh, aka the show that was supposed to be in Rochester. Um, so I I just think that was a monumental thing. They were able to still engage everybody and and put on really good shows during that time. Um, you know, and they just let people know that they were there for the fans. So I, I just thought that that was a big moment for them. Uh, they took something that was really devastating and that other companies obviously had a very hard time with. Um, and I, I just feel like they knocked it out of the park. They did their best and and it worked. You know, I'm glad you said the other company. I I only want to say that through the pandemic, when you look at how everything went down, Ring of Honor, some of the guys have admitted that the pandemic kind of killed them. You know, the the momentum, the not having fans. You know, you have to have – you can only produce so much great television without fans, especially for guys who are used to it, you know. Daniel Bryan said, or Brian Danielson said that he was he liked that it was a new change in WWE. You know, it, it is something different for for guys, but you also have to be consistent. You have to still be able to produce compelling TV and moments. I think AEW delivered more than any other wrestling company during the the entire pandemic. Personally, that's just my own opinion, not just because I'm an AEW mark. I'm just thinking that when you look at everything overall, and I'm going to follow up with some stuff after your uh, your list here, you, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Absolutely. All right, number 23. And, and keep in mind, some of these are just kind of concepts. They're not just, you know, one thing. Uh, and specifically, uh, what I'm referencing is number 23, which is Miro's Ascension. Um, you know, I was always a huge Miro fan, or not Miro, Rusev fan. Um you know, he had a he had a short run with the U.S. title, and he was just blowing through people, and he just looked like a monster. Um, and that's really when I, you know, I actually first got to see him. And uh, I just always loved, you know, what he brought to the table. Uh, and then, you know, naturally got over with the whole Rusev Day thing, and then he was gone. And I remember the morning I woke up and I saw he signed with AEW. I was jumping up and down. I was so happy. And then they blew it. They just absolutely blew it. And then the best friends arcade bullshit. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, I hated it. And then the Kip Sabian, and then Kip Sabian gets injured. Miro turns on him, and now he's just a world beater. He should be in the world title conversation. Um, and just to see this, can I be honest? I you know, it, it, just hearing your talk and, and what we're seeing here. Look at Miro can be a heel. That's cool. But he can also be a face, a face that, you know, is an ass kicker that you want to cheer. Why I say that is depending what happens with Danielson and Paige, I think Miro can be a great next contender for either one of them. Mm. You're saying that, you know, him at the top of the card. I think he's ready, but did you notice he was taped up in the match against Danielson? Yes. I really think that they caught him, uh, called a major audible, and we're like, "Yo, we got to bring someone in." 
uh, Miro, can you just do full gear and a night against Orange Cassidy? Orange will let you beat the living piss out of you. You don't even have to do anything. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to right. take, take one fucking bump. But for one night, can you can you pull a night? Because he hasn't been on TV even since then. Yeah. It's the whole, they're playing off this God situation, you know, like the Redeemer. Yep. I'm just think, I'm just thinking that I think they pulled him in because they needed someone that at least Brian could go against that was a heel, but a credible finals opponent. Sure. Makes sense. I think Miro was probably the best, the best option you could have went with. Um, but no, again, he hasn't been back on TV. I think he's nursing some injuries, but I, I hope that doesn't last too long because you're right. He is primed right now to, he could take the world title. If he had the title for an entire year, I'd be fucking all, I'd be absolutely happy with that. Him versus Darby versus Guevara, him versus uh, Jericho, anybody that's a face. That's what we need is a heel holding it. You had Omega taking on certain types of wrestlers, Miro takes it to a completely different route. Yeah, because he can take on anybody. Yeah. All right. Number 22, you might roll your eyes a little bit, but, you know, it's a moment, and I'm a mark, so it's on the list. Uh, and, you know, and it leads to some things later on down the line, and that's the Bullet Club reuniting. Um, you know, it's it's not, you know, you know, Prince Devitt, but Omega, the Bucks, the Good Brothers... It's the Bullet Club, so just a cool moment. And uh, uh, I marked out equally as much as you. I said, yeah. "Please just bring me God," and I'm yeah, in here. I know, right? This is awesome. <laughs> I'm like, y- you already have everybody over here. I'm okay if Prince doesn't make it over there, AJ, for a little bit. Um, I mean, you got a good chunk of the guys right now in AEW. I just don't know wh- who, where the Good Brothers have contracts. If it's in, it's Impact. Impact it's or- Impact. Okay, yeah. all right. Because they're they're still the tag team champions over there. Yep. Yep. But still keep showing up as Omega's butt boys every week. <laughs> yeah. Wearing weird tattoos, earrings, and clothing. <laughs> I mean, like, I get you want to get heat and piss people off, but also like have a little bit of, you know, self respect too. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of that. Hey, this coming, this me saying this about Doc Gallows and when he was Festus. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. We're good. Yeah, we Please move on before I, I say yeah. something else yes. that gets us kicked off in the Spotify. <laughs> Let, let's move on. 21, it's, uh, <laughs> and I don't have the date for this, but uh, it's Brody Lee versus John Moxley for the uh, world title. Um, this is the one where uh, Brody goes through the ramp. And he just pops up all of a sudden, and he's bleeding, all beat to shit. Double or nothing, twenty twenty. Okay, that's what it was then. Okay, yeah. Because they had awesome card cutouts, like uh, playing cards, deck deck cards, uh, cutouts of those guys, and uh, I believe one of them went through that actual card too. Yep. I th- yep, I think because right. I was mad that th- that stadium stampede closed the show and yeah. not Moxley and Brody Lee, but it made sense for everything that it was. But yes, yeah, but that it was at uh, Double or Nothing twenty twenty. Yeah, but yeah, uh, just 
a, 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 just a solid match. Uh, it was Brody and, a, you know, two ex-WWE guys that, you know, had been working together for a long time, and uh, they were able to do their match. I know a lot of people don't like Moxley's matches. I'm not even a big fan of Moxley's matches. Uh, but just, uh, you know, that ending image of Brody uh, going through the ramp and just the aftermath of that, I just thought it was cool. Um, yeah, just a solid match, man. Okay, so since we're going to take this turn, here's the deal, man. This is the last time we may talk about AEW in in this full of an extent for quite some time. You know what I mean? Not quite some time. We talk about it all the time, but I mean, like, analyzing things. Saying that you're not really a fan of Moxley's wrestling style. Everybody's got a, a very specific move set that they do. Right. Moxley is who he is. I'm okay with the character that Moxley is. I, I'm I'm okay with the move set that he provides. It's no different than the five moves of Doom with John uh, with John Cena, um, or the certain types of flips and dips that you get from John Morrison. Everybody has their own thing. Sure. I personally am a fan of John Moxley's wrestling moveset because it is almost to the Stone Cold Steve Austin moveset. It's a fighter moveset as opposed to a wrestling moveset. You'll do some flips or some, uh, you know, suplexes and shit like that, but you're not diving off ropes because you're not a high flyer. You're a fighter. That's all I want to say on Moxley. Just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. And in this one, it, you know, it definitely worked. That was the match. It was a brawl. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we've got a recent entry here, uh, number 20. It's uh, Darby, Allen, and MJF at Full Gear 2021. Oh, yeah. Uh, you got two of your- I don't even say much. I mean, we just talked about it just a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Fantastic. I think if anything that AEW has provided that is a five-star type match as of recent, if anything deserved it, it would have been that. I wouldn't look at the Omega page or any of the Young Bucks and Adam Cole and all that shit. No. I think this right here was storytelling because it's now we who is, if we're talking about the four pillars and who's, you know, stacked where. We know where Jungle Boy is. We know where Sammy is. Between us two, where is it at? And this was a very meaningful match, and I think it was a, an extreme awesome top moment so i'm glad you added this one. Oh, absolutely go on there i kind of moved it around a little bit but again you know it it, it it like you said it's storytelling it's it's two of your four pillars you know it's two of your young guys that you know are probably going to meet again down the road sometime uh you're sowing the seeds um you know they had a good build up and, and, and a good payoff so absolutely belongs on the list uh, as does the next one, uh, number 19. This is uh, Kenny Omega versus Pocket All Out uh, 2019. Um, this was a weird one. Uh, Pac filled in for John Moxley. He had the elbow infection. Um, Pac was supposed to face Hangman, and then they got into some drama about creative differences. And um, this was actually Pac's AEW debut. Uh, if you remember when they did the uh, initial AEW press conference in Jacksonville, um, Pac came out and had a stare down with Hangman Page. That's where that was supposed to go. Um, but because of the creative differences, they had to scrap it. Um, this was a dream match. Uh, but, you know, after the fact, we found out that both guys were unhappy with it. Uh, the match went too long and they had to cut a lot of shit out. 
Uh, so it didn't really live up to what they wanted to, but it was still a fantastic match. Uh, these two just work really well together, and uh, hopefully we get more of it down the line somewhere. Moving on to number 18, uh, Jericho versus Hangman Page, AEW Championship All Out 2019, same show. Uh, this was the match to determine the first AEW champ. Uh, Jericho got busted open, was bleeding all over the place. Um, Hangman had multiple escapes from the walls of Jericho, uh, and there was a bunch of good false finishes. And, you know, we can complain about those sometimes, but it worked in this in this uh, instance. And uh, Jericho argue, arguing with Ref Aubrey was, is always a classic. Uh, and it's really the first time that we really got to see that. Uh, so it was fresh. It was new. It was unexpected. And, uh, you know, again, as much as we like to talk shit about Jericho, uh, it was a solid match. And putting the title on him to begin with was probably a smart move. I got to be honest. I don't know if I'm making a spoiler alert, if it makes a list or not. But I do love Stadium Stampede when... Uh, he argued with Aubrey Edwards and goes, you're a shitty ref. <laughs> and they went to the booth. They did like the, the booth review or whatever. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's right. They did. Oh my God. Is that when the, uh, the, uh, mascot got involved? I as think well? so. Right before that or right after it. Yeah. You know what sucks is that Tony Khan's team beat us. What the fuck? All right. Yeah. That was a on. pisser. Uh, Stefan Diggs did have AEW cleats on, though. That was kind of cool. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, moving on, number 17. Um, and I didn't put the date for this one, too. Shit. Uh, this was a match on Dynamite, if I'm not mistaken. It was Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker for the AEW championship. Uh, this is the infamous one where Britt's face was just covered in blood. Uh, she had that sadistic smile on her face. Um, this is just... It was an unsanctioned yep. lights out match. Was it a lights out match? Yo, it was a lights out match. Okay, um, but yeah, th- these two just beat the shit out of each other, and it's it's no, yeah, hang no, on. I don't think it was. I'm yeah. wrong. Not lights out. It was an unsanctioned match. You're right. You said that, and I, it, it, I, I for some reason thought it was lights out, but this one was okay. not. Gotcha. You're the professor in this episode. I'm just a doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, it, this was just a fantastic match. These are your two top women stars right here. Really, they are. I mean, Serena Deep, you can put in there as well. Uh, but these two, they just they had a fantastic match. They and you know and and they they've teased a little bit here and there. Hopefully, uh, we'll get back to it at some point. Uh, but yeah, this was uh, I, I I'd, I'd have to say this was the best women's match in AEW's history so far. No doubt. Uh, number 16, it's another markout moment, man. Sting returns. I remember I was sitting in bed watching it, and I didn't catch the uh, the video package. It threw me off, and then he came out, and I freaked the fuck out. Uh, I don't care that he's 60. Just seeing him there was cool as shit, and I marked out. Winter is yep. coming. We didn't even know that's what it meant, and now every time he comes out, it's snowing. Get. We have winter is coming also this uh, this December with dynamite. I wonder who shows up this time. Glacier, Stang! Oh my God, Stang! Oh my God, Stang and Glacier! Glacier. Holy yeah, shit! I'm telling you, I bet you he shows up. He already. I told you he the, he, he was in. in the, he was already in an AEW match. And the disco oh, inferno. He can go fuck himself right, and jump off the cliff one. for all I care. <laughs> all right, 
So we're hitting number 15 now. Uh, Bucks versus FTR. Not happy with how the match ended, but it was a dream match. It was something we were looking for, and uh, it, it was a it was a, a pretty goddamn good match. Again, ending aside, you know, it, it lived up to the hype. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, no argument, no argument there. It, it 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 did live to the hype. I think it's a clash of two teams that can only go so far. But it was a dream match, though. That's the whole point: is putting them together and seeing. How they clash doesn't mean they have to have a, a, a absolute five star classic. It's good to see how they just work together. Absolutely, yeah. Like I said, man, you know it's tough because you know what I feel like is I feel like the Bucks were like, yeah, we'll put on a hell of a match, but we're gonna win, and then there's not gonna be a rematch, and that's pretty much what happened. And now like FTR are clawing their Every way back time. to the top, so. You know, hopefully something comes out of it. There, there's just too much talent there uh, in FTR to just let them do what they're doing so all right we're moving on here fuck the box yeah fuck the box uh number 14 this is the lights out match that you were referring to uh this would be john moxley versus kenny omega this one was um this one was the crazy one that they actually got fined for by like the state athletic commission um so it must not have been that unsanctioned um this feud began at double or nothing this is when moxley debuted um but that match got delayed because of the elbow infection obviously um moxley cut a hell of a promo uh and and the build-up to this uh basically said he was stuck doing comedic segments while omega was given the opportunity to put on five-star matches with new japan Fucking great. Is that the one where he goes, I'm going to break your fucking jaw? Probably. Probably. Uh, that was my favorite one. Oh, that was such a good. Yeah, I remember that. That was oh, compelling, compelling shit. shit. Oh, well, man. also what was compelling was the shit that they used in the match. Uh, I have a little list here of all the stuff. Uh, mouse traps, shattered glass, barbed wire, and the wood of the exposed ring. Um, yeah, man. And since it is the time of year. A partridge in a pear tree. Okay. Uh, I, I accept that. Uh, <laughs> number 13. Uh, Kenny the... Or eight crazy nights for you other listeners. Okay. <laughs> okay. Number 13. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. We're just going to leave that one right there. I'm going to bury that with my mama's titties and move on. <laughs> don't make me get the guitar out just to play that little riff uh, <laughs> uh, number 13 is Kenny the belt collector uh, aka Ultimo aka Ultimate Dragon uh, yeah man just seeing him with all the straps you know it was cool uh, Nakazawa was a you know uh, <laughs> they need to get rid of that dude uh, but still just to see that dominance that they're really putting this guy over that where other promotions said Yes, we will make you our world champion, and you can wear those titles on your program. Um, it, it, it means a lot. Uh, it, it really contributes to. I you agree. Know, it contributes to where we're at with wrestling. Um, and I'm kind of kind of transition into number twelve here, and then you know, you feel free to speak on both of them. Uh, but Kenny, being the belt collector, completely factors into number twelve, which is Kenta kicking open the forbidden door. Kenta really was the first one to show up and be like, "Holy shit." He's here, uh, you know, and you know, obviously yeah. the thing with Moxley didn't really go too far, 
Uh, but ultimately, just to see him show up, hit the GTS, and take that mask off, uh, that was a huge moment. Uh, and we've seen where it's gone. You know, obviously, uh, you know, with Impact, that relationship has seemed to kind of gone away. Uh, they're not doing that cross promotion stuff anymore. Um, but the potential is still there with other companies. Uh, so you know, I I did I love the Omega going. Oh hey Kenta, so good to see you. Yeah. So good to see a friend. He goes, shut the yeah. fuck up. I'm not your friend. Yes. And I was like, oh that was yes, great. That, yeah, that, that alone was worth it because you're absolutely right. Because yeah, because you know, and again, the Bullet Club, right? Uh, so just. Those yep. those two those two things kind of interchange with each other. They're really important because it's where we want to be with wrestling. We don't we want to be able to watch one promotion and still see stars from other promotions, right? Um, so, yeah, that, that's a that's a really important moment. That's why it's so high up on the list. True, first forbidden door. Because I mean, uh, man, I, I don't want to go like spoiler, but like you know, all out one that you and I didn't anticipate was. Uh, Suzuki, yeah. you know what I mean? Like when he randomly showed up, we're like, "Holy shit!" Never did I think about him, but now I am. Oh my god! Like there's so, so many crossovers from Japan to AEW. Rocky Romero. They're making some really cool. Yeah, Romero. Yeah, exactly. A lot of great dream matches coming true, and I'm all for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, we've got a lot of recent stuff that is, you know, towards the top here, and the same is true with number 11. And that was the match between CM Punk and Eddie Kingston at All Out 2021. Um, it was just a fantastic fucking grueling match. Uh, the promos that Kingston cut, that Punk cut, uh, you know, Punk doing the, the John Cena five moves of doom, um, Punk getting color, you know. Oh, crimson yeah. mask! Absolutely. It was just, uh, you know, it, it, as far as storyline, you know, there definitely was some history there. So there, you know, there was a precedent. There was something to build off of. But ultimately, it wasn't really a long feud. It was just more of a what the fuck? Okay, we're gonna fight. Um, but man, it was a great match, uh, and and it just showed that Punk still has it, um, and it really shows how over Eddie Kingston is. Uh, Eddie Kingston is becoming a very big figure in this company. He's going to be a big star. He's been doing it for a long time. He's an older dude, you know, when it comes to being wrestlers. Um, but the the fans love him, dude. He's over as fuck, and he can cut a hell of a promo. Um, so this was an important match to me because, again, Ciampa. If he's not being interrupted, yeah. <laughs> Maybe me and Eddie Kingston should form a tag team. <laughs> Oh, 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 the interrupted brothers. Holy shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yo, that may be my favorite part of this entire fucking season. It took 35 episodes to find out that your interruption tag team partner is Eddie Kingston. Yeah, well. Everybody's got to have something in common, right? Oh, Jesus. Oh, All right. We're yeah. going to the top 10 now. Number 10, we talked about it earlier. It was that MGF, MJF and Punk promo. Uh, I'm sorry, that, that that's promo of the year. Um, it, this is one of the most exciting things that's happened in wrestling in a while. Um, it's, it's, it's the thing I most want to see, what happens next. Uh, I'm engaged. You said it. Take my money. This is it. This is everything that we wanted from AEW. Non-scripted, real, 
talent engaging buzzwords to come in at number 10 i i will say that absolutely i'm there and not only promo of the year but that you're saying promo of the year wrestling wise but for aew probably their best promo oh yeah i would assume i mean i'm not sure what's to follow here for the next nine but I mean, it's hard to follow up Punk and MJF. I I did not know if you were gonna let this one come into the list this week, so I'm I'm glad it did because I, it's hard to deny it. <laughs> Only six days before we record, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, and and that's the thing. I mean, I I probably could have slid it up, but there there's some other things, you know, and we'll get to them here uh, that I think I just you know. Just hold a little bit more weight, uh, probably over time. You know, I'd even say the next couple you could probably even flip-flop a little bit. So let's get to them. Uh, Number nine, uh, Sting's cinematic match. Um, You know, with COVID and Undertaker's last match with AJ Styles, they did a really good job with that cinematic match. Uh, I think it's safe to say we both loved it. Um, But how, how fitting is it is that the Undertaker leaves and his counterpart, his WCW counterpart, is just coming back into wrestling and does the same thing, a cinematic match, uh, with the perfect partner in Darby Allen, And it was just a phenomenal match. I, I think we were both a little worried. Was it, I knew it was Cage, but is it well, Starks, Ricky Starks yeah. too, right? Yep. Dude, my favorite thing is the the throwing of the bat. It, everything was perfectly well planned. I loved how they did it. Is a tag team setup awesome? I loved it. Yeah, it just it uh, again. I think it was another one that it exceeded uh, expectations because you know you worry, you know how are they going to pull this off? Is this going to be like overly cheesy? Is it going to be over the top? Um, but no, it was it was phenomenal. It, it was really good. It was one of the well, best moments. More than anything, do not. I want to. You have to change with the times. WWE did it with the the Boneyard match and the Firefly. Mm. But this one here, whatever it was called, I'm not sure if it had a name. Yeah, I don't think it did. Um, Keeping it with storyline and, I don't know, I, I think... This right here was absolutely awesome. And then you got WWE doing the zombies. Oh, That's all God. I can say. I, I guess there. There. There we go. That's how I, I describe yeah. it. There Jeez. we go. Yeah. So anyway, uh, great to see Sting again. And, and, and it was just a perfect vehicle. Number eight, something that we got to experience together. It was Brian Danielson and Adam Cole debuting at All Out. Uh, was it all out? No, it wasn't all out. Whatever the fuck, pay per view. Oh, it was all it out, was all baby. Out. Okay. It was Danielson and Cole debuting. That's the night say uh, Suzuki did. Uh, Ruby Riot or Ruby Soho, dude. I I still have claw marks from you choking <laughs> me the fuck out when Brian Danielson showed up at the very end of the pay per view. It was so awesome. I mean, dude, if you're a wrestling fan, watch the last 
10 minutes of all out 2021 and it'll you know that's all you need that, that that'll be the the best thing to keep a flame going just go back to that yeah i mean there's there's no mistaking that adam cole uh i mean adam cole was what number two in the pwi uh, top 100 wrestlers he finished only second to moxley um, and, you know, and you could easily make the argument that Adam Cole should have been number one. Uh, and then he's not only is he showing up in AEW where you know he's going to put on fantastic matches. I saw one with Jungle Boy in Rochester. It was amazing. Um, but he's back with the Bullet Club. He's back with his friends. Um, you know, and I know Cornette makes fun of that. But, you know, and there's definitely some potential for things to go wrong. But ultimately, having him in that situation it's just it's good for business it's good for the fans it's good for the company it's good for everybody um and then you have danielson and the thing with danielson is this dude gets to do what the hell he wants now he can face who he wants and you know not only just i mean first of all adam cole there's one kenny omega we saw what we got with that um Miro, I don't think any of us even thought about that one, but look at how that match turned out. The finish, the finish was wonky, but you know, and who knows what other talent is going to come over from New Japan or from other promotions, and who knows where he's going to go to face other people. And the fact that we got those back to back was just something else. And the Adam Cole thing was great too because they played it off where it was. Oh, well, we know these guys have a history, but is he cool with them? And he kind of did the weird face off and then super kicks Jungle Boy. And, you know, it was just it was just fantastic the way they did it. And then, and that's how you end a show. You think you you think you're all done when you hit Adam Cole and then then you get Brian Danielson. I mean, come on. Uh, th- that's how you end a show. So, I you know, and I think, again, it just goes to show that AEW is the place that these guys want to be. So, you know, it's just... Well, I mean, to add to that, go back to... Both of these theories just coming in my mind are kind of... It's funny that both have the same guy, but go back to uh, Royal Rumble 94. Oh, my God. Undertaker was buried? alive he's dead (laughs) what's going on and you got to tune in to watch you know or when undertaker returns at a survivor series to you know scare randy orton i think it was like 2005 or six things like that you know what i mean like it keeps you going oh my god i gotta watch the next thing this right here or even when undertaker showed up for judgment day as the american badass you're like what? He's not dead. He can ride a bike. My point being, it makes you go, I have to watch the next episode. And the next episode of Dynamite had both Adam Cole and Danielson. So, yeah, this is, you know, that's what we're talking about is, you know, not only just making an impact, but capitalizing on it. And they do. They, they Every debut that has come through, I don't think they've really fallen short. Name, I mean, they pushed Brody. They push FTR pretty much in the right way. Ruby's being pushed. Danielson's being pushed. Cole, if he wants to hang around with the the balding buck and Pie whatever, face. you know, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's fine. But everybody's been pushed pretty much, I think, decently coming in from another company. Just my opinion. Absolutely. 
All right. I don't even know where I left off here. All right. Number seven. Uh, Start number 25 again. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Number su- no, number seven, this is uh, the uh, Splash on Meltzer's face entry. Uh, it's the Young Bucks versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Page <laughs> for the AEW Tag Titles. This was at Revolution 2020. Um, listen, no matter what you want to say about Meltzer and his star ratings, which we've already said we're going to disregard moving forward, this match was awesome. It was a fantastic match, and you even had the little tease at the end, which ultimately didn't really go anywhere. Kind of went the other way, but... um, Well, it kind of even plays into t- t- today where the Young Bucks kind of gave their yep. approval to Paige to go ahead and buckshot Lariat, Kenny Omega. Um, you remember those uh, hidden tracks where I was like, you know, people are like, oh, my God, it's pissing my mouth. That's Melter to the Young Bucks. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Uh, not really much to say. It was a fantastic match. Uh, there's no doubt about it. it. It is one of the best matches in AEW history. Um, so, yeah, that's why it's at number seven. Number six. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> was that like a silent? Was that like a silent <laughs> nod over? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are we in church or something? You ready green. to testify? <clears throat> no, my brother. No, I don't even yeah, know just that. Uh, we'll we blow, have, we'll yeah, blow we, by right, go. Uh Number six. You blow number by six. It. John Moxley. You will John blow Moxley by ar- That's John what I Moxley said. arrives. <laughs> Do I need a piece of cake here just to make it more fitting? <laughs> number six. John Moxley arrives. Uh, who doesn't remember that moment? Do I need to recap it? The motherfucker is my favorite part. <laughs> Just going into the rope, taking yeah, a yeah. deep breath, going, b- bringing the air in, and then saying motherfucker. It's like, hey, man, enough said. I, you don't even need to do a 40-minute nope. promo. That's everything <laughs> you could have said right there. Yeah, it was great. Jericho saying, what are you doing here? And he kind of just shrugs and hits yeah, him with the awesome. fucking uh, dirty, well, not dirty deeds, uh, uh, what do they call it, the death driver now or something like that? Death rider. Yeah. I think we'll so. We'll go with that. Yeah. Death, death rider. rider. All right. Uh, another recent one. Death death, death dirtier or death deeder. Are you just making up words now? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Good answer. I keep my eye on you. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. It's a good change. <laughs> Very nice. All right. <laughs> We're going to hit our top five now. Uh, number five, another recent entry. Uh, this is Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega in the 30-minute draw. I mean, again, one of the things that we salivate about are these dream matches when these people start coming over, whether it's cross-promotion or they're signing with AEW. There's so much potential. There's so many matches. Some, again, that we just didn't even think about. This one we definitely thought about. I'm sure we fantasy booked this one 20 times before it even happened, um, and it lived up to its expectation. Um, and it's certainly something that, you know, once Omega comes back, they could certainly keep running with. Uh, we'll see what happens, but... Again, I, I really don't have much else to say about it. It was a fantastic match. It, it's funny because I didn't think that the uh, they were like Grand Slam at the Arthur Ashe Stadium. I'm like, whatever, man, it's a regular stadium. Why is this so big, man? But the echo, the eruption in that place, there was three components to that match. It was Omega 
Danielson and mm-hmm. that crowd. I mean, it was just so amazing. Um, it, it was. I'm I'm surprised this one isn't closer to one, two, or three. It was such an amazing match. Um, yeah, but it was a great moment. Great moment. Yeah, and and I'll tell you why. Uh, you know, this one's not at the top. I, again, you know, there's always stuff that you could shuffle around. Uh, but I still I'm gonna stick to my guns on this one. Um, you know, number four, it's it's Kenny Omega versus Pac. Uh, this was their dynamite match. Uh, that was an Iron Man match. Um, it was great because again, these two just work so much better, or so much better together than than most people. Um, it blew away their match at All Out, and this was a TV match. Um, you know, Kenny gets the first fall because Pac gets disqualified for using a chair. Right after he gets disqualified, he hits a black arrow and evens it, and then it goes to overtime. Wait. Pac takes out the ref. Aubrey comes in as a replacement, and Kenny rallies and wins. It was just, it was just well done. It, everything looked well. Wait, you think this is better than All Out? This is better than Omega's and Pac's match at All Out. Yes. Are you sure? I'm positive. Did you really do that just to set me up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you did you use the right torquage? Come on, man. I just wanted to see if you would catch it. I guess the it. fucking thing's You're, broken. It, it's a... <laughs> My man. Oh, man. I'm going to miss you for a month. All right. Let's let's see what else happens going on here for AEW. All right. We're moving on to the top three. And, again, I still, as much as I hate the motherfucker, Cody versus Dustin at number three. It just... It just worked. It just worked. The tearjerker. Yeah, I mean, it was the tearjerker curtain. Well, the end is a tearjerker, but the, My brother! the match itself was old school. It was, and Dustin was just gushing blood. Can I... Do you want me to try and do my, my impression sure, of that? go for it. Let me see. I haven't tried that one. Let's see. But when it comes to the match against the Young Bucks... I don't need a partner. I need my older brother. Was that not bad? Was that not close? I'll, I'll give it a seven. Yeah. Well, you know, give me another one. I'll, I'll try another uh, impression before this. No, I don't. I don't ends. think. Go we ahead. Do that. I think we're good. All right. So that's fair. Uh, cool. Top two. Top two are not even wrestling matches. Uh, at least one of them, not so much to speak of. Uh, number two, it's the Brody tribute show. Oh, such a great yeah, show. I, uh, not not something that we ever thought we were going to get. Not, and I, that's a, well, it's a dick thing. Well, no, I, I know what I you mean. On yeah. Such a great tribute yeah. show is how, I, like, the matches they put together um, were, was it not all done by Brody Lee Jr.? It was his entire career. I, I put think together, so, pretty much, yeah. And, and uh, Eric, we got Eric Redbeard showing uh, up. You know, Eric Redbeard got all torn yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, it, it just it was a it was a heartbreaking thing, but uh, you know it was uh, it was cathartic. It was uh, yeah, it was meaningful, it, and, it, and it just and it went to show like right because you know they could have just done a video package like WWF would have, or they could have done just done the ten bell salute, uh, but they just went the distance. They just went all out with it, and I think they nailed it. Well, I mean, it, it was the equivalent of their when Owen Hart passed. Sure. You know, it was yes. In the midst of a run, and the entire show was a tribute. Same with Eddie. Um, no one expected, you know, Brody to pass, except the entire roster. But no one 
let it be known. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and it's such a, a surreal uh, moment how Tony Khan and everyone in AEW did that because you sent me the message and I, it was what, like New Year's or the day before New Year's Eve or something like that. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. How? Yeah, right. And I like, we had no idea. And, but, you know, kind of, and it's one of the things Brian Danielson and CM Punk have both said, you know, kudos to how they handled it is because WWE would have made something of it. They would have been like, he's at home with a, a, they would have shown him in the hospital, things like that. And they let him, you know, do his thing. Then, for all of us to find that out, it was supposed to be, they had like New Year's Eve 1 and New Year's Eve 2. However, it was supposed to be set for AEW. Or it was like a best of show. Then all of a sudden they said, nope, we're going live. They did the Brody Lee tribute show. And that's the night where Junior hit MJF with a fucking <laughs> Singapore and came to the, to the head. And, I mean, greatest pop, you know, for anything. But just some really great moments of guys who were in there and, and thinking of him. And you could see the real emotions on everybody's face. So. Um, I'm, I'm, I forgot all about this one. So I'm glad that you actually put this Absolutely, one in Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I felt it definitely deserved. Cause again, it speaks just to the culture that they have there and what they're, what they're putting out as far as a product and what they have as far as an environment for not only just their, the, the, their talent, but for the fans too. Um, so, you know, I think it just speaks volumes and it's an important thing that's made them what they are at this point. All right. Uh, our final entry, number one. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be much of a shocker. It's Riho becomes the first AEW Women's Champion. Um, you know, she... <laughs> Riho! <laughs> Riho! <laughs> Please tell I am absolutely kidding. kidding. You all know what it is. It's CM Punk debuts and returns after seven years. There's nothing I've never, you know... I, I, You've I've been watching since wrestling since what the mid '80s, maybe even the early '80s. Yep. Um, but I've taken breaks. I've missed things when they've happened. Even though I've gone back and rewatched them and learned about them and understand what happened, it's not the same as seeing it when it happens. Um, I, I've never experienced something like this before. The anticipation, um, the uh, the silence from the announce team, basically just saying, "And we're just going to start off with the big announcement or something like that." And just the chance, you hear the chance, the music kicks in, and it's just absolute madness. The look on Punk's face, the fact that he looks genuinely happy. He jumps into the crowd. He sits in the middle of the ring. He gives every, he pulls an Andy Kaufman. Start to finish, it was just an amazing segment. Again, it was one of those things that went 10 minutes. It felt like five seconds. Um, I've, re, I've rewatched that Whole, a dozen times. Uh, and and it, you couldn't even hear no. his music part nope. of the time. I don't remember the last time I've I've heard a crowd louder than yep. the music. And <laughs> yeah, no, I you're right. Nothing can top that. That is definitely the best moment you really could have. It's probably the top moment of 2021 because finally CM Punk has returned to pro wrestling. Um, you know, one thing I, I, I think I, I may have not mentioned earlier with the Punk and MJF promo is that 
you know, MJF says, oh, you've been facing a bunch of anybody under the sun. You know, you're not looking for me. You're not, you're taking on the easiest of guys. I'm okay that he came back to just knock the rust off against a, against a bunch of anyone. Doesn't have to, I mean, you, not that Eddie Kingston is just a nobody, but you got your Garcias, but you still had Kingston. You had uh, Matt Seidel, but you also had Darby Allen. He had a little bit of everything, and I think it was good to kind of knock the, the, the dust off the old wrestling boots and now that you're in with MJF when he's like nah now I'm not scared anymore I'm not I think that's a real thing where he's like now I'm ready let's bring on this real feud I'm I'm excited man and and the truth is is that I I didn't mention this but it says AEW three years in the books that's the name of Mm -hmm. this episode people are like well there's only been two years of dynamite well Double or Nothing started one full year all the way before mm-hmm. that. And Revolution was before. The Revolution they talked about was in that January. So it has actually been a three full year process from start to finish of where we're at right now. What does year four bring? Hey, man, we got Daniel on the way to be a champion. You got uh, Punk and MJF on the way. Now, I, I do want to talk with you in a couple of minutes about predictions, what you think. You know, to close out our season, but also talking about, you know, what your predictions are mainly for AEW. I put together a very, now look at, this is going to sound like it's a, you're going to be like, wow, that's a lot. But when I start flying through, you can, mm and ah, that's fair enough. Like a minute or two list here, but it is every main event for every dynamite since day one. Now, it sounds like, well, why would you want to list every one of those? That sounds like a a weird long list. 100-something matches, right? Why I'm doing this is I want you to pay attention to the the process, the storylines. And ODM, I'll say this right now. If you go, stop, right there. Wow, there it is. They they brought a storyline to how things bridged from one to the other. Because you're going to find a lot of things how... Not only do you have a lot of storylines, a lot of uh, character building, one thing that you really have is consistency in one time, maybe two time matches. How often have you seen Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens? How many times have you seen Roman Reigns Versus anybody in the goddamn roster, you know you already know what I'm talking about, right? We've talked about that billion time booking. Right? They're doing it with Rollins and Balor now. Exactly. So, as you listen to this list, you're gonna go, "Wow, there is not much that is a repeat." And if there is, it'll be part two, part three, like they did with Cody and Andrade or Pack and. Uh, uh, Omega, you'll, you'll see where I'm going. So, you feel free to stop me when you want to, ODM, but I'm just going to fly through this list. I think you'll find this very interesting. I'm not going to list every date, but I am going to say October 2nd, 2019. It was your pilot episode. You have Jericho with Santana or Anna Ortiz versus Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. That's where Omega shows up. Or uh, uh, Moxley shows Puts up. Puts his head through the table, yep. Following week, yep. Uh, Jericho and Guevara versus Adam Page and Dustin Rose. 
the following week, Jericho and Darby Allen. Then you had John Moxley versus Pack. Then we finally get the AEW Tag Team Finals, which was SCU defeating the Lucha Brothers, which was an upset I think we all thought. Definitely. Then you had Kenny Omega and Adam Page taking on Jericho and Sammy Guevara. For the tag team titles, Guevara and Jericho challenged against SCU, but SCU prevailed. Then we got, which was a dream match, Moxley versus Darby Allen. Then we got Kenny Omega versus Pac, as well as Chris Jericho versus Scorpio Sky for the AEW world title. That was both on the same night. Then the following episode, we have Moxley versus Joey Janela. So it was, you know, Dallasora version versus himself. <laughs> <laughs> then we had a Texas street fight with Santana and Ortiz versus the Young Bucks. And then Young Bucks versus SCU. That closes out 2019. That was the beginning of their first run on TV. That's the end of 2019. Now we move into 2020. Now remember, as I start to list this, you're going to remember where the pandemic starts to kick in, for sure. I think it, I actually list it. But, <laughs> but here we go. In the beginning of the year, we had Pac and the Lucha Brothers taking on Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, which you alluded to, the, the Death Triangle. Then we get Moxley. Is he is he not going to join the inner circle? That whole shabacle. Then we get Bash of the Beach, which is Darby Allen versus Pack. Then the following week is Chris Jericho Cruz, which is Pack versus John Moxley. Chris Jericho and Santana Ortiz versus Darby Allen and the Private Party. Then the following week. MJF and Cody, the 10 lashings. The whip oh, lashings. wow, that's right. Oh, yeah. Then we keep the, uh, the, the ball rolling with John Moxley as he takes on Santana. Remember that fiery mm. promo we loved? That was the eye thing, yeah. Then we get, oh, yeah. Then we get the steel cage the following week with Cody and Wardlow that. with that infamous moonsault off the top. And the match that you have talked about, the 30-minute Ironman match with Pac and Kenny Omega. Following week, we get Moxley and Darby Allen taking on Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Following week, the, the latter of the two, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara take on Dustin Rose and Adam Page. And then the pandemic hits in which is when Brody Lee and Matt Hardy debut, as well as you have Cody and Adam Page with the Young Bucks taking on the Inner Circle. It was the first time really giving a shot in a completely empty arena. The following week, we put on a triple-A title match with Kenny Omega and Sammy Guevara. After that, we get Cody and Darby Allen versus Guevara and Sean Spears. Interesting pairing, but we got to work some things out here with the pandemic because I think guys were starting to get COVID and they had to kind of take time off. Uh, the following week, we get Cody versus Sean Spears. Then 
John Moxley takes on Jake Hager in an AEW world title match. Probably the best I've ever seen Jake Hager. Yeah. We get the TNT uh, quarterfinal matches. We have several matches of those between uh, the next couple of weeks, and that would come up in the, the, the finals coming up. But we also have Jericho and Guevara taking on Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy. Probably starting to make you think about the golf cart shit, isn't it? That's the, always the fun. golf cart. That was yeah. So, that was uh, yeah. Sammy took a hell of a bump on that. I don't care what you say. It was impressive. Yeah, he sure did. <clears throat> WWE tried to redo it. They did. They all did right, pretty good. We both we popped. I, I we think were they, watching that together. We both popped when we saw that. Owens did a good job. Yep. And now we start to get the terror over the next couple of weeks. Now, again, first, I'm going to stop right here. We're at uh, May 6th of 2020, about halfway through their run, actually, almost. Have you heard a lot of rematches? Rematches slash modifications. Not 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 a whole bunch of rematches, more modifications, because, you know, they're they're pushing, you know, the same people at those times. I mean, those you're putting your main stars in the main event during that time. So, you know, maybe a little bit of a trade off, but not a lot yep. of straight rematches. A couple, maybe. I I I hundred percent agree. Now you're gonna start to see where some guys go on a push or a tear. I think this is where they start to I think this is where the first year of AEW, they kind of hopscotch around, just had some fun. And I think the second year, even though in the middle of the pandemic, they decided to smarten up because you were up against WWE, who was really not doing well. I mean, they were throwing people off the top of fucking buildings during the uh, during this exact time with the money in the bank. So really, you could do anything at this point. Just make it decent. Um, which is where I follow up with May 13th. So I'm going to move on here. May 13th, 2020. Brody Lee defeating Christopher Daniels in a really good match, but a good squash match at that. Then we get Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara, where their feud starts. Then we get the Inner Circle pep rally after uh, the pay-per-view for the Stadium Stampede, but also on that same night, in a white truck shows up FTR. We get their debut finally, um, which is funny because I remember during this is kind of our later end of, I think, season one or season two. And I remember, you know, things are starting to come to a close and it was during the pandemic and we were waiting for FTR to finally show up. And they did. Uh, Cody does win that uh, that TNT title at that double or nothing pay-per-view. Now he's going to start to defend it on a pretty decent weekend, uh, decently uh, weak basis. So you have Cody on this next match here versus Jungle Boy. Great man to put put it up against on your first defense. Next week, Mark Quinn. Okay. <laughs> uh, the following Dynamite, we get Best Friends versus Jericho and Guevara. Then we get the following week. The biggest thing of the night is Jericho and Orange for their face-off because they're going to eventually have their, I don't know, Orange Juice match or whatever that ends up being when they finally face off with each other. Uh, The next two weeks, we have Fighter Fest, night one and then night two. Night one, you have Omega and Paige defending against the best friends. They win. And then night two is just that match. 
Jericho and Orange Cassidy. The next week, we get Brian Cage trying to go after John Moxley's world title. Moxley retains. Then we get Jericho and Hager against Jericho Express. Mixing it up a bit. Starting to like this. Then we get a team that we've seen before. Moxley and Darby Allen versus Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. Starting that Team Taz versus Darby Allen fight that we're getting here. Now, right now, we're about to talk about August of 2020. So, here we go. John Moxley defends his title against, well, his partner from the week before, Darby Allen. If you don't remember that match, banger of a match. You knew Darby wasn't going to win the title on Dynamite, but it was a great match. Uh, then, we follow up with another Jericho and Orange Cassidy. Then, we get... The squash that we all didn't think would happen. The TNT title on August 22nd of 2020. Brody Lee beats a piss out of the American Nightmare, Cody Rose, and we get a new champ. I mean, I, I'm kind of sad that honorable it was in the honorable mention, not higher, but hey, that list is what it is. It made sense. Everything that you did. Um, but it was just more, you know, I guess personal reasons because god no one we didn't expect brody to beat the shit out of, of Kobe like that, that way no. that quick uh the following week we had a tables match with sammy guevara and matt hardy i think this is where uh i think matt caught that table that or that chair right to the face i think yeah they they started really getting uh dirty in these in these hits the following week Brody Lee defends his title for the first time against Cody's brother, Dustin. Then we get a hidden gem. The parking lot brawl. Santana and Ortiz versus the best friends. I don't care. I think that's a hidden gem. Uh, the, the next main event we're talking about is Sean Spears and Matt Seidel, uh, who had just recently slipped into the company. <laughs> at the oh, jeez. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, The next Dynamite, we have Moxley and Kingston for the world title. Then the following week, Moxley defends against the Butcher. Because you were like, if anybody's going to get this title, it may be the Butcher. Then we get what is unfortunately Brody Lee's last match in AEW on October 7th, 2020. A chain match against Cody Rose, where Cody regains the TNT title. Also on the same night, it is Chris Jericho's 30th anniversary. If you remember how much that was celebrated in that time. Then we had the world title match the following week with Lance Archer taking on John Moxley. Then, well, I don't know. This night was just a double banger. You had dinner, Le Debonair, as well as... Pentagon, I don't remember which name he was using at that time, versus Phoenix or Felix. The following week, Omega took on Pentagon. After that, the following week was Cody and the Guns taking on Dark Order. Following week, we got Pentagon and Phoenix once again, and this is the one where they nearly killed the shit out of each (laughs) other, and that's where we're like, he is going to die, which was really shitty because a couple weeks later was the unfortunate thing with Brody, but we were making a lot of jokes. We're like, Phoenix is going to be dead. Uh, The next week, Butcher and Blade took on Lucha Brothers. 
and then Winter is Coming was the following week where Sting returns and Omega defeats Moxley for the AEW world title. They do a world title switch on Dynamite. I'm all for it. I loved it, especially for the night that Sting returns. TNT says, don't do that shit to us again. And to round off the new year, the following uh, main events were MJF and Orange Cassidy, then Joey Janela versus Kenny Omega, and the Young Young Bucks versus Butcher and Blade. And then to finish off 2020, we had what you talked about earlier, the Brody Lee tribute show. So now we're about to talk about 2021 very soon. Let me ask you, again, going back on the flow of things. Have you seen the consistency for storylines? But I, I personally, my, my own self, while I made this this list of very, I, I think, a giant lack of consistent uh, rematches, very few rematches that we're seeing here. I mean, yeah, it's you can see. I, I think I kind of you know alluded to that earlier. Was you know at first it was your it was your names, it was your Bucks, it was Jericho, it was Omega, um, but. As we're progressing, you can tell that other people are starting to come in and other people are starting to get elevated, and those are the people that are starting to take the primetime spots. Uh, And you're able to do that without repeating too much. Obviously, there's going to be some repeats because there's factions um, and there's long feuds, so that's not uncommon, Uh, but it is not the 50-50 booking where the same people wrestle every week for eight weeks in a row. Exactly. I mean, like, yeah, we may get... Jericho and Guevara versus Page and uh, Omega like two, three times, but it, it would be like almost like three months apart. And I'm okay with it then if that's the fact. But like you're saying, if you do it six weeks in a row, well, I don't care. I've seen everything they, they can do together. I just don't care. Just fast forward to the end. Yep. These matches kind of keeps you involved. But let's quickly run through 2021. We start off New Year's Smash, uh, Omega and Phoenix for the world title. Then followed up with TNT title with Darby Allen and Brian Cage. Then there was an inner circle tag team challenge where, you know, it was like two and two versus two in a triangle match for some weird reason. And then they're like, all right, good match. We're all still together. Still don't understand that one, but okay. The following week... Well, we knew that they had showed up around this time. We finally have the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers taking on the Dark Order. Then we get Beach Break. Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers against John Moxley, Pac, and Phoenix. Then we get Kenny Omega and Kenta, which we talked about earlier, versus Archer and John Moxley. Following week in, uh, let's see here, we're about February, mid-February, Kingston with Butcher and Blade against Moxley, Archer, and Phoenix. Remember they were trying to push that whole Butcher and Blade with uh, Kingston thing? Yeah, that just kind of fizzled out pretty quick. Thank you for that. The following week, your main event was Lance Archer versus Phoenix. After that, you had Matt Hardy and Mark Quinn against Adam Page and John Silver. No one gave a fuck. The following week, though, is it was the Inner Circle War Council and the formation of the Pinnacle, which was kind of a big turning point, I feel like, in 
AEW because now we're having a couple of factions. We're starting to get some wars, kind of like you're saying. You know, you got stables versus stables. We're going to see some some different stuff. Speaking of, I think a sleeper of a night that people maybe not were ready for was the March 17th edition, 2021, St. Patrick's Slam. Lights out, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. I was right. Was lights out. And then the uh, match also on that night was Penta versus Cody. The following week, we had Darby versus John Silver for the TNT title. The following week was something that you and I were a little upset about. You had the Arcade Anarchy. Miro and Sabian versus Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. Who gives a fuck? The next week seemed weird to see Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers, uh, the Good Brothers, against uh, John Moxley, your world champion, and the Young Bucks. Well, der, yep, they turned. That's right. That's the night that the Elite was pretty much completely forming all together. So that was April of 2021. Seems like not too long ago, right? I mean, it seems like ages ago, but not too right. long ago. Rounding out, we got Darby Allen versus Jungle Boy. Then we got Darby Allen versus Dark Orders 10, which so it would be Preston. Uh, then, oh man, May 5th, 2021, Blood and Guts. Well, the rule of this match was as soon as you entered, you had to bleed yeah, right, right away because that was the rule. <laughs> uh, inner Circle versus Pinnacle. Everyone was a little, you know whatever about the ending of the the match where Jericho falls off and you know would you want him to fucking die in a thing of like nails whatever dude it was I thought it was a decent match but it was shit on for the ending of it the following week we get the real Miro defeating Darby Allen and he is our new TNT champion and John Moxley took on Yuji Nagata then we got the Young Bucks versus the Varsity Blondes for the tag titles the following week. The week after that was a celebration of the Inner Circle. Then we had a Texas Bull Rope match out of nowhere with Dustin Rose and Nick Camarado. Apparently we must have been needing to watch uh, AEW Dark at that time. <laughs> then we had Team Taz versus Dark Order. The following week, a cage fight that was uh, also a little shit on was Wardlow and Jake Hager. Then we got Kenny Omega in Jungle Boy. Then a match that really made me happy was the coffin match between Ethan Page and Darby Allen. Even after he put Darby in the coffin, he fucking coffin dropped on top of the coffin. That's how you do it. The next week, we had a Texas death match for the U.S. title. John Moxley and Lance Archer. And then, you know, do you remember just a little bit earlier this summer when MJF was putting Chris Jericho through the ringer? Well, this is when Nick Gage showed up and we had the fight for the fallen death match. Oh, that was fun. The next week, he had to face off against longtime rival from WCW, Hoovy. And we also got the first Malachi Black and Cody Rose match following week we get Jericho and Wardlow finally we get Jericho and MJF which we don't know why because the payoff would have been better at all out but whatever the next week 
Malachi Black beats the ever-loving piss out of Brock Anderson. Then we get the all-out go-home show where the elite take on Jurassic Express, but then all-out happens. We know what happens there. The following week, we get the homecoming show in Ohio, Dayton, Ohio, if I'm not mistaken, where John Moxley takes on Minoru Suzuki. The next week, Moxley and Kingston, uh, Kingston took on uh, 2.0, and Adam Cole took on Frankie Kazarian in his first Dynamite match and debut match. Then we get the Grand Slam. Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson, as well as Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho. And then a night that I was banned from the building, not because I'm an asshole, but you were in the building, Rochester, New York, Adam Cole versus Jungle Boy, and we get the TNT title change as now our recent champ, Sammy Guevara, defeats Miro. Still questioning that one, but hopefully it pays off. The following week, we got the Casino Ladder match where Adam Page comes in and finally makes his return, but we also got Sammy Guevara versus the new Bobby Fish, or a newly acquired Bobby Fish. Uh, the following week, we get Danielson versus Bobby Fish. The week after that, Danielson versus Dustin Rose in a tournament for the the uh, Eliminator, as well as Cody Rose and Malachi Black 3. Questionable ending, of course, that we've all talked about. CM Punk makes his debut on Dynamite against Bobby Fish. Sammy Guevara versus Ethan Page. We also get Miro squashing the shit out of Orange Cassidy, making him some pulp. And then, you know, we did have that full gear pay-per-view. The following week, we... Nope, nope, hang on. Right before full gear, we get Brian Danielson versus Rocky Romero. Then we get the full gear pay-per-view. Last week, we get Jay Lethal versus Sammy Guevara, and then... This past week, before that, we get CM Punk and MJF's banger of a promo. Like I said, we have a lot of ebbs and flows. A lot of things have gone on, but to be honest with you, I don't find a lot of repeats. I find a lot of storyline uh, crossovers. Things are, are still going. They, they have some forbidden doors that are being knocked down but at the same point they're putting on some each everything i named i wasn't just naming a match i was naming your main event match not many main events were repeated how many times in our in watching did we see orton and cena on just raw let alone a fucking pay-per-view what i'm saying is in the first three years i think they did a very consistent job with their main event uh, statures, but also at the same point, keeping those storylines going. That's what I wanted to say. Like, you know, you have your ebbs and flows of consistency. And I think they're starting to show a better flow, especially with what we've seen with how punk is getting a slow build. MJF is getting a much better build after he lost to Jericho. Now we beat Darby. He's moving on to punk. We're on to bigger and better things. And I think 2022 is going to be even better. So from there, ODM, as we close out for this episode, 
What are your predictions for 2022 in AEW? Do we have a new world champ? Do we have new tag champs? Is Britt Baker going to be dethroned? Do we have new debuts? What are you thinking? Man, I almost want to say yes to all of them. Um, oh, God. I, I'll start I'll start Same. with the easy one. We'll start with debuts. I, there's definitely going to be a debut of some kind. Um, you know, there's still speculation about Bray Wyatt. Um, you know, and there's other potential signings, too. You know, you got your Keith. Briscoe brothers have been backstage. Yep. Uh, seen backstage recently. I would love to see them debut. I'm thinking maybe post-final battle, which is happening uh, in just a couple of weeks in December. Maybe once things are tied up there, they'll say, all right, now I'll jump over to AEW. Let's, uh, let's hope. Yeah, it's certainly a possibility. And uh, uh, Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's an easy one. Baker dethroned, I think at some point they're going to. I would think it's going to be Ruby Riot or Ruby Soho, um, unless somebody else comes in. Uh, hopefully it's not Riho. Um, though, I would like to see longtime rival Thunder Rosa eventually dethrone her. Um, it wouldn't be a bad storyline. Like, well, you've tried to beat me before, you couldn't. I'd be okay with them in a pay per view. I don't think they've given them pay per view status yet. Let them main event a pay per view, and I'd be fine with that. Right. Uh, tag champs is just my. My yeah, just my my idea there. The tag champs that's a little tougher. Uh, I just don't like how they have it. Like I, I have nothing against uh, Penta and, and Phoenix having them. It's just I'd rather them be on FTR. I really feel like they should have swap swap belts. Uh, I'm hoping that's what happens. Um, I, I really don't have a clear view because the tag team division is kind of weird right now. Um, you know, it's not that there's not talent. It's just uh, I feel like the the exposure's not getting there. I'd like to see Problem Powerful get in there a little bit more, uh, do a little more tag. Uh, oh, totally. You know? agree. So there's that world champ. I, I think it's going to happen. You know, they've done the long reigns with everybody pretty much, um, and it seems like they've gotten through the initial. You know, you wanted to get it on page. The question is, how soon is that going to happen, um, and how much is Kenny Omega going to factor into that? Because uh, again, you've got enough talent there between Danielson. You've got you know. Um, Miro, uh, you know, th- there's some other potential, you know, stars as well. MJF, you could even factor into that. Um, so I think it's going to happen. There'll be a title change next year at some point. I, I just, I can't, I don't have a good feel on when that's going to happen. I, I think the obvious point, too, would be if he dethrones Paige, you have your maybe perfect, obvious go back to Chicago and have Punk and Danielson at All Out 2021. Right. You know, you, you, you can build all the way to that. Um, I'm on the same page as you. I would love to, you know, I mean, I want to see someone or a team like Santana or Ortiz take the titles right away. I, I'm a huge fan of them now. Um, but even more so, you know, I'm a giant Mark and Jay Briscoe fan. So if they were to come into AEW, them versus proud and powerful take my money hey as a matter of fact can you guys do it at uh revolution in orlando because i just might be there hey look at you know i i i'm on the same page with you when it comes to predictions and i can't wait to get back to it when it comes to season four because that's a motherfucking rap it's over season three is in the books just like three years of AEW. Um, 
I appreciate everybody who has listened to us from all the way from season one to now, or even if you just began just recently, doesn't matter to us. We appreciate it no matter what. Uh, you know we love to bring you a lot of good wrestling and good flicks, so there's going to be a little bit of minor changes to next season. Let's talk about season four. Here it is. First, we will be back on Wednesday, January 5th. Just remember, the first Wednesday of January, it's Wednesday. You know what that means. Issue for that. Uh, We're going to be recording one day prior to the three-day Wrestle Kingdom 16 event that is to be. So we won't be able to know anything that's going on at that time. It'll be in the middle of it. We'll cover it the following week. Here's what you will uh, be able to expect next season. We're still going to bring you news. Of course, we're still going to be talking about AEW results, and I highly doubt WWE will even be around by the beginning of 2022 at this rate. Uh, So we'll have very little that we'll need to talk about other company-wise. Hopefully, Ring of Honor makes a rally. That being said, we are going to keep up with our Monday Night Wars. We are going to keep up with our every other week flow if you've noticed, where we have Nightwing's good shit of the week, and then we also have our top topic of the week. And, you know, just to kind of throw out some ideas here, I've got a couple of top topics that are on the way for next season. Uh, We do have the top and worst moment of the year for the last 30 years. Thought that's a lot of fun. Around WrestleMania time, I thought, you know what? We have never really had a chance to really list off our favorite WrestleMania matches. We'll be talking about that. Funniest characters. And, of course, one of my favorite things of all time that we will be talking about. (laughs) Or favorite topics that we've kind of set up here. It's called Gone But Never Forgotten. The Era of NXT. Isn't that kind of sad? It is. It is. (laughs) Uh, so we have a lot of, uh, of great topics on the way for next year. But as always, just like everything in wrestling, the card is subject to change. Now, the last couple of seasons, we've toyed around with movies and their respective quotes. Next next season, and shit, look at that, next year. I can actually say next year for the first time. Uh, next season and next year, we're going to have a new twist on what we're going to do with the movies. ODM. What's the major plan when it comes to chatting about the the flicks? I have no fucking clue. (laughs) All right. Cool. Good talk. No, you're a dick. We did talk a little bit about this. What we're going to do is after we've gotten the wrestling out of the way, just for the fun of it, you know, because wrestling is all about storylines. Wrestling is all about, uh, you know, keeping you intrigued just like a movie or just like a TV show. We're going to talk, you know, cinema. So we'll have a little bit of a segment that just kind of caps off the end of the episode. If you want to listen to it, great. If you don't, fuck yourselves. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Don't really. Um, no, it'll be a little something a little bit extra. Since you already know, that's what we do. We love to throw some quotes around anyway. Um, but that being said, this season is over. And you know what? Nightwing will be back next season. The Doc ODM Joe Rizzo, he'll be back next season. I'm the professor. I'll be back next season, and I bid you a farewell. And as always, you know that ODM loves to leave us with just any movie quote he can 
for the week. And this week we had a lot of fun. We said, fuck it. It's any movie that we've done for the week. And I I could think of no better wrestler that ODM should leave us with for season 35. Or season 35. <laughs> Not Jesus that Christ. far. Season 3, episode 35. It's been a long episode, man, all right? I want him to do it in the form of... Joe Rizzo. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> I, was, I was pretty much going to do that anyway, so it kind of works out. I was wondering for a second if you I know, out, because I you said you. it so many times. I was like, I'm going to have fun just telling with Tim today. <laughs> oh, Kelly Kapowski, I'm looking at you. You wore blue so you could hide. I don't blame you. You're a tramp. That's right where you wanted it, oh, Kelly Kapowski. You're a little monkey woman, you know that? You're a little monkey woman. You're lean, you're mean, and you're not too far between either, I bet, are you? Like to wrap your spikes around my head? Hey, Tiger, come get it, bitch. <laughs> was that Caddy Jack? <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> Ooh! See you next season, bitches! <laughs> oh! 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 The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing, the analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. Just let it shine through Just let your soul Feel it all so silky smooth Just let it shine through